Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Show. Every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic retrospective horror franchise. Right now we're dealing with the Purge films and we're in our second week with the Purge colon anarchy i'm your host al white and joining me throughout all of these movies is allison holland hi <laughs> and lee conlon <laughs> hola hey guys how you doing okay so here we are 2014 no time for answering no fucking time i don't care <laughs> don't care let's just get on with the purge guys uh, <laughs> um 2014, just a year, but one year since the original Purge came out and was a huge hit, as we heard about last week. And this one immediately put back into production. A lot of the same team. I don't have many facts about this one. I was looking it up. I mean, I saw a few interviews, but all the trivia of this is, I'll be honest, it's not that interesting. (laughs) It made a lot of money. They fast-tracked another one as quickly as they possibly (laughs) could. And the director got to kind of enact a bunch of his ideas he wanted for the first one, but didn't really have the money or ability to really do deal with but we'll see before we get into all that stuff though if you're new to listen to us head on over to weirdgeeks.com weirdgeeks.com you can mail us through there mail at weirdgeeks.com and you can then patch out to all of our podcasts we do this horror podcast every single friday covering loads of your favorite old franchises and we do some topical stuff just in a podcast called geeks and then we do like star wars and danny boyle and (laughs) (laughs) glad that's finally happened that makes me happy instinct yeah so please do head of weirdgeeks.com and please 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 i didn't say it last week but we do all this for free. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and actually costs us quite a bit of money. And we'd appreciate it if you can just take the 30 seconds it would take you to go and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. That's how they use their weird algorithm. That's how people can find us easier. And it's how we can get into anything over there where uh, a light is shone on us. So it takes you 30 seconds. means the world to us. We'd appreciate it. All right. So 2014. Let's have a little look at what was going on in the movies in 2014. Um, who's got the list of the top 10? I do. Oh, I have the list. It's me. Please talk us through. Walk I us can through. Indeed. Uh, number 10, we've got Interstellar. Number, oh. that's, that's pretty low for a Christopher Nolan film. Yes. I actually really, I have a real soft spot for Interstellar. It's got a very stupid twist at the end, but um, there's some wonderful. I love it. I watched that film on a plane with turbulence. A very special experience. That is a terrible way to see that film. It was amazing. I felt like I was in it. On a tiny, tiny screen. I was coming back from Prague, so I was very tired and emotional. And I hate turbulence. No, other people love it. It was a very emotional (laughs) film for me. Great combination. (laughs) That is, I mean, that's a beautiful film. That's a weird film to see on a little tiny screen. I'm glad you still liked it, even on a little screen. Yeah. Is that the only time you've seen it? Yeah. Wow, all right. All right. Number nine, we have... The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hang on, that it's movie... It's your boyfriend, Al. That is. Andrew Garfield, love of my life. Um, and my boyfriend's boyfriend. Your boy... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Wolfie. I mean... You both love him. Nah, my boyfriend. 
that movie was considered a huge bomb for Sony. I mean, I guess maybe it cost more than... No, it can't have cost more than Interstellar. That's crazy that it made more money. It cost about 20 grand more than Interstellar. Well, that's nothing. No. 20 million or 20 grand? 20, 20 million. You know what I mean? Million. It's late. 20 million. Ah. Well, still. I mean, well, all right. I mean, it's it was really considered money. a bomb. That's why Sony went and gave Spidey back to Marvel. Meh. Interesting. Uh, number eight, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I like the ape yeah. films. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> what did you say, Lee? Are we saying anything about that? I thought you just said no. I thought you said no. Mm, nope. I've not seen that one. I've not seen that one. I have no idea. Okay. I like the third one best, actually, but I like the style. I think they make it better and better. I get them mixed up, but I know that I like the franchise. I think it's Rise, then Dawn. No, it should be Dawn and Rise, but I think it's Rise and Dawn, so it messes people up. Something like that. Mm. And then, just stick with numbers. It's so much easier. It's Rise, how? No. Yeah, and then War is the last, the latest one. Number seven on the list, we have Captain America, The Winter Soldier. One of the greatest Marvel movies, which I just revisited recently and confirmed. One of the greatest Marvel movies. Beautiful. Can confirm. <laughs> Has one of the people we're going to be talking about in this podcast today. Ah. Number six, we have X-Men, Days of Future Past. One of the worst <laughs> comic book movies ever made. <laughs> nah, it's not as bad as Apocalypse, but it wasn't. No, no, actually, no, I'm sorry. Actually, no, that's a like, complete lie. Days of Future Past. No, that one's right. Sorry, I was thinking Apocalypse. Days of Future Past is okay. Pretty good in places. Yeah. Uh, number five, Hunger Games, Mockingjay, part numero uno. I don't care for these last two. Two years person. in a row? Yeah. Do not care. Uh, number four, <laughs> Maleficent. I never saw that. I never cared to see it. <laughs> so enthused about this list. Uh, number three, mm. you will be enthused about this one, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yay! Arguably the greatest Marvel movie. Or right up there. Oh. It's right up there. there. Definitely there. It's right greatest soundtrack. Mm, yes. For sure. For sure. Yes. Guardians. Volume one and two. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to finish my MCU list right now, and I'm struggling because I love Guardians, I love Homecoming, and I love Infinity War, but all for very different mm. reasons. So it's hard. Yeah. All good stuff. Uh, number two, Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. Still happening. They're still walking. <laughs> Lots of Hobbit still pissed. Yeah. And then we have possibly the greatest film ever made, Transformers, Age of Extinction. Oh, my oh God. God. That's the third one, isn't it? Age of Extinction. Or is that the fourth one? Nobody knows. I think it's the 14th. 14th, yeah. Yeah. That was the number one film in that year. That will be, as you're right. Domestically, I know that one didn't do so good, but in China, it made so much money. Worldwide, it made $1.1 billion. Billion. May I ask a question, Lee? Mm -hmm. Do you see above 10? Do you see dead people? (laughs) (laughs) Do you see dead people? (laughs) Do I see above 10? Yes, I do. Is Big Hero 6 anywhere near there? It's number there? 11. It's number 11. Aw, <laughs> uh, okay. That's really? fine. Number 11? 20 million below Interstellar. Okay, I'll take that. We did, um, when we did, I think it was the last Romero's Living Dead one, uh, Survival of the Dead. I think it was that one. Five out of the top 10 films that year were CGI animated movies. Oh, wow. Whoa. Five are fucking crazy. I saw Big Hero 6 four times in theaters. Obsessed. I mean, it's a good film. I loved it. Good film. I need to get back to that. I haven't seen it in a while. Great film. Sure. All right. So, thank you 
very much. Alison Holland, do you have some horror films that came out that year so we understand where The Purge Anarchy is coming? Has it really changed since 2013? I think you can tell us that. No, just making stuff up. <laughs> Once we run through the list. It's like a test audience, you know, we can select whatever films we want to go on this list in order to prove our point. <laughs> <laughs> you are the gatekeeper, Mr. White. Yeah. First on the list is Annabelle. As yeah, as we said, James Wan, Conjuring Universe. Plenty of spookies. Spooky, spooky. After that, we have the Babadook. People fucking love Great this name. movie. They fucking love it. I mean, I the name is pretty fun. Me and Katie were really disappointed in this movie, but maybe it was just too hyped. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Most people do love it. Have I, have I said that? People love it. Do people love it? No. <laughs> I love that he became a gay icon. It was such a bizarre moment. Did he really? On Twitter, it just became a meme that the Babadook was shook. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you at I all. I didn't know that at all. I did not know that. Wow. I actually know nothing about this film. You should. I mean, you might like it. Babadook. Yeah. I mean, everyone else does. It's just me and Katie. <laughs> huh. Maybe I will check it out. Mm -hmm. After that, we have Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of two. Mm -hmm. Is that that one? No, it's Cabin Fever 2. Yeah, whatever. This is like a, it's a, it's a cabin fever sequel, prequel, whatever. Another oh, one. Um, then we have Creep. Oh, this is uh, you can see this on Netflix with Creep Radiohead. Two that came out last year. It is the radio. <laughs> no, it's a duplass. Biopic. Yeah, uh, it's a duplass film. Oh, okay. And it's really beloved. It's meant to be one of the best found footage films ever made. And when I was about oh. to watch it, and then I found out a sequel's coming out. So I was like, oh, I'll wait for that and double bill them. And then the sequel came out last year and I haven't got around to watching them yet. So it's going to be a nice double you bill. You haven't seen it ever or just no, rewatch it? I haven't seen either of them. And they're meant to be oh, okay. really, really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, after Creep is Dead Snow, Red versus Dead. This is a very funny film. Dead Snow 1 is sort of funny. It's like Nazi zombies. Hmm. But Dead Snow 2, Red versus Dead is... That's the second one, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's very funny. Good film. Can recommend. Okay. After that, we have A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah, as you said, Iranian film. Very beloved. Some beautiful photography. Some people are from with the films, which I can understand. But the photography is lovely. And very different. Very nice. I think Laudan must have talked to me about this film as the reason I recognized it, but I have not seen it Probably. yet. There aren't many Iranian horror films. In fact, this might be the only one. Like, quite genuinely. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't imagine... Iran producing many horror films. No. Although, I don't know. Um, after that, Housebound. The DP's um, American, though, to be fair, because I nearly worked with him. In, oh, for, in A Girl yeah. Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, Housebound, that's a cool film. I think that's Australian, I think it is. Or New Zealand, Australian. They're both the same. One of those. It's all one. Yeah, that's true. It is a good film. It's a good film. Then we have Life After yeah. Beth. <laughs> uh, this is, what's his name? Oh, Nicholas Holt. And Aubrey Plaza, his girlfriend, becomes oh. an undead zombie and he decides to keep dating her. Sounds it's... like that new show on Netflix. Oh, well, yeah, maybe. The Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, really? I saw the first episode and was repulsed and will not watch anymore. <laughs> oh, wow. But I, there's a lot of vomiting. There's a oh, lot of no. vomiting and I really hate vomiting. I hate <laughs> watching it. I don't, real life movie, I fucking hate it. Right. I look away anytime right. it happens in film. 
And I looked away the entire episode, pretty much. It happens in our film, Starfish, and it's pretty good. Yeah, but you don't see it. Oh, you do. <laughs> just, well, it's just in frame. Okay. That might be the scariest bit in the movie for you. I'll <laughs> close my eyes. <laughs> um, Afterlife After Beth. Afterlife After Beth. <laughs> what? Is Oculus. <laughs> Oculus. Uh, this is, yeah, it's a pretty good little indie film. I think that director, that's Flanagan, isn't it? Mike Flanagan? I think that's him, unless I'm really getting my wires crossed. And he directed like three films in one year, but he's the guy who did that Hush film for Netflix that I like a lot. Mm. Um, and then he did something else that I like. But I really like Hush. People should check that out. And as we were talking about last week, we got our paranormal activity, Yay. the marked ones. Yay. Don't I did not see this. this. I only saw the first paranormal activity. I still think the third one's the best, but we're going to be actually doing a paranormal. We nearly did it this year. I don't think we're getting. I think we. I think it's our first one build for 2019 paranormal activity. Um, but subject to change, depending how I feel. <laughs> Alex wants <laughs> to do it. I know that. So, well, stay tuned. Uh, next, I don't know if I'm supposed to pronounce this Rec Four or yeah. Rec Four Apocalypse. Yeah, this is the fourth in the Spanish horror zombie films which started with two found footage films which were fucking brilliant and then it went weird with the third one which was sort of this weird comedy thing and then the fourth one was like trying to get back on track but it wasn't found footage we are doing these and sooner than you might think but uh we'll let you know when sooner than you might think yeah (laughs) well it depends what you're thinking to be fair (laughs) if you're thinking right now this is a secret wreck episode then no not that soon um the town that dreaded sundown this is a sort of remake, sort of reboot, and sort of sequel to a film from the 70s, I think the original was from. It's actually good, this remake, reboot, sequel. <laughs> it's kind of all of those wrapped into one. It's very strange. Uh, but based on some real killings that happened in, 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 um, in Texas back in the 60s or 70s. The, the guy with the bag head um, who went around and killed a bunch of people. Oh. Yeah. It's, good. it's, it's pretty good. Was actually. it Texas Chainsaw, like... Very vaguely based off of someone who actually killed people yeah, and made furniture it. out of their skin. Yeah, Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Which is the right, same right, person right. as technically Halloween was based on and Psycho. Uh, yeah. A whole bunch. Very different interpretations. Oh, yeah. In some ways. Was, yeah. Forget about it. I can't bother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. <laughs> There's too much to unpack there. I can't. I can't. After, after that, we have Stage Fright. Oh, this is a remake as well. It's a horror slasher musical. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would never mention this film to you. What? <laughs> you, you always want a sequel that's a musical. Uh, I always, a- I talk about musicals every podcast I've done with you. That's true. You should, you actually, you might really enjoy this, at least for the first sort of 15 minutes. There's an original film. Which I <laughs> just had. the first 15 minutes well, the original like the beginning is pretty fucking great it's kind of like south park but not done that well and but with yeah Jimmy. proper slasher slasher violence the original has this big owl head i haven't actually watched the original i've got it never got around to it but the remake i quite enjoyed it actually i saw it at fright first and a lot of people hated it but i thought it was pretty funny are both musicals They're both musicals yeah wow but I, I have a feeling the second one is more you know comedy musical Duh. that's Duh. my style you should definitely check out Stage Fright, yeah. Okay. Um, after Stage Fright, doesn't seem like we need to move on, but we have <laughs> Tusk. Oh, Tusk. This is a Kevin Smith movie staring Justin Long, and it's probably it's one of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. 
it's really pretty horrible. <laughs> he like gets this person and then they sew it's actually Johnny Depp, I think, isn't it? And he sews him into a walrus. <laughs> it's really disturbing. It's very, very disturbing. It's what? all like body what do you call it? Body reformation or whatever you call body it, body horror. augmentations. Yeah, it's horrible. I don't like it. Um, it, it strikes a weird chord with me. But. Is that it? All right. Last one on the oh. list, which sounds like it could be a porn, Ooh. is Zombievers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Zombievers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were all excited about this one before it came to Fright Fest for quite some time. And then it came out and it was like, no, oh, it wasn't as good as you hoped it would be. It's a purposeful, well. schlocky, stupid comedy about a bunch of beavers. They get infected with some toxic waste and then kill a bunch of partying girls with some dudes to come along trying to sleep with them, uh, which was <laughs> had a fantastic screenshot that was everywhere at the time of this attractive girl in a bikini on top of a kitchen counter trying to like back away from a beaver, a zombie beaver, obviously. And she's got her legs spread and the beaver's just like right framed right between her legs, basically. <laughs> That's pretty much all the marketing go. done right for them there. <laughs> But yeah, it's all right. It's not great. Um, thank you very much. Allison. That's all I got for you. All right. I mean, I mean, that's a real whole bunch of stuff. But there's still some spookies. There's still some found footagey stuff. Uh, torture porn is long gone. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. So here we are. I mean, the purge is doing really well. The first one did really, really well. So it's not trying to keep up with anyone. It's just being its own thing. And they fast track this sequel a year later. I mean, that's not very long. As we know, because we've just spent three years making a fucking film, <laughs> like two years in full production on it. Yeah, a year to come up with a concept, write it, get it out, direct it, you know, it's pretty quick. Directed and written by the same guy, James D. DeMonico. Now, here's where it gets interesting for me. Cinematography by Jacques Jouffret, the same guy who did the previous Purge movie. And to clarify again, the last Purge movie was his first job as a DP. Music by Nathan Whitehead. The same guy as the last Purge movie. So this is the entire like same sort of creative crew. Starring as Sergeant Frank Grillo, who some people might know from Kingdom. He's in a film called Wolf Warrior 2, which none of us had ever heard of. And we talked about it on one of our Star Wars podcasts. Because I think last year, worldwide, it was like the second biggest film ever. Oh, sorry, worldwide. For the year. Because of, because of China. And I'd never heard of this film. Um, he, but he's also in <laughs> Civil War, Captain America Civil War, and Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, he plays, what's his name? Crossbones. He's got quite a big role in those. And he's also in Zero Dark Thirty. He's in Prison Break. I mean, this guy's, you'll, you'll know his face, right? Everybody knew his face, Frank Grillo? Yeah. No, Ali didn't. Lee did. No. He's been in a lot of stuff. And we've got Eva Sanchez starring as, uh, sorry, Eva Sanchez played by Carmen Ejogo. She's been a true detective, Alien Covenant, It Comes at Night, Fantastic Beasts, a lot of stuff. So then we got Shane, played by Zach Guilford from Lifeline, Friday Night Lights. We got Liz, played by Kiel Sanchez. She's in 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. She was in a whole bunch of Lost. She's in The Glades. And then Callie, played by Zoe Saul. She's in Prisoners and Read Between the Lines. And a lot of them actually were in, what is it? Uh, Kingdom. Quite a lot of them are in Kingdom. Uh, budgeted at $11 million, grossed $110.5 million. Quite a lot of pocket change there. Mm. Yeah, like I say, not much else really to say about it of notes. I think we should just get right into the meat of the review. You guys ready? Yeah, ready. I have to say most of my notes, I wrote down Matt Saracen instead of Shane. You wrote down what? 
Matt Saracen. Uh, we don't know what you're talking about. We're watching this separately. You, you text us halfway through watching this fucking film. It's Matt Saracen. If Canro were here, he would know. Canro's not here. No, he's not listening either. Guarantee it. <laughs> well, fuck you, Tanro. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send him a photo of my know. notes. Who is, who is okay? Like when we get to him, you can tell us all about him. Okay, so okay. it's America. I will. Year twenty twenty three. Unemployment is below five percent. What you might say? Confused by this statement. <laughs> Let's stop right there, shall we? I was twenty twenty two last time. Am I correct? Employment's yep, 1%. below one percent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, as Lee correctly said, took me a minute to catch on. They're both actually 1% correct. 1% is below 5. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, can unemployment be under f- 100%? And it's just at 2%. <laughs> yeah, very weird. Weird change here. They said in the yeah. last episode that it was one of the greatest, it was the greatest purge, most successful purge yet. But apparently not because unemployment's gone up. <laughs> People have decided to stop working and just plan. Plan the purge. 364 days of the Hell, year for March yeah. 22nd. Which actually, yeah, I've been thinking about a lot of this stuff. And I want to get into some of that. But anyway, very confusing. Crime is virtually yep. non-existent while every year fewer and fewer people live below the poverty line. And I think live is the operative word there. <laughs> All thanks to the purge. Maybe it's because more and more homeless people are being killed. So now... No, that still doesn't make no, sense. I think it's. I think the it's unemployment rate should be because of a thing called bad writing. I feel you got. A, you know, you got a year to well, get. Well, there's this movie one out. moment towards the end of the film that I was like, maybe that's what they're saying. Okay, we'll get there. We'll see. But it, yeah, it's contradicted with the first film saying this the was the most successful yet. for Purge yet. I so. think what happens is the Purge know. opens. It makes a shit ton of money in its first week. He's given a phone call, dude. Everyone's loving them sores. That's pretty, that's over. That was annual paranormal activity. That's its own thing. That's annual. We need this baby out next year. Same time. You got to have it written by next week. So he just starts typing away. And then he, he, he just can't quite be bothered to reach across to that old script. To remember of last that year's he said 1%. Figure out what percentage it was. That's ridiculous. I think that's probably the most likely thing. We're starting He's two hours twenty six. Purged it from his memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're starting two hours twenty six minutes before the annual purge this time. Last time we were starting, how long was it? Not that long. They don't. They don't say, do they? The last one. Well, he gets inside, and you see a clock, and it's pretty pretty close. But yeah, we got mm. a warm up this time before the annual purge. We get to see what people are doing. Immediately, yeah. I have to say, and this is why I'm confused by the same team. Much nicer shot immediately. Admittedly, $11 million. People over... grow, Al. People learn. <laughs> well, it's been a year. They haven't even had time to People grow. Improve. <laughs> they haven't had time to even, like. I can look at things I did three weeks ago and be like, oh, I'd do that differently. Well, congratulations. <laughs> no, but just like, there's a completely different style here. Like, the way of shooting's different. Like, the look of it's different. I, w- I was thinking it's got to be a new director or a new DP or someone new, and it's not. They're both the same, which is surprising. The only thing that's changed is the budget, which. Again, though, it was the style of camera moves were not the same in the first one. So it's very interesting because it's not like they had that time long to develop it even. Uh, but anyway, I think it looks much nicer. The TV tells us there's a purge traffic alert. We're in a diner and we're introduced to one of our main characters who is, I call a diner girl for quite a long time. Ava. Ava, Ava, Ava. Ava. <laughs> Look at you. I call her mother later. It's like, these are how my notes go. Right? I'm very bad with picking up names in films. <laughs> The first thing I do in all of my notes is write down every character's name 
in the corner as they're introduced because I know I'll forget it. Some of them you don't get to way later, like these white, the white guy couple. Yeah. You don't get to very late in the movie. You get them early. You? you don't get the girls. You get Shane. You don't get the girl until How later. How you get Shane? Who says his name? She does. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, because as soon as I wrote down Matt Saracen, I wrote down Shane. Okay. Well, now we start in a day of what life it is to be Ava, this diner lady who's clearly struggling for some cash. Seems like a nice lady. And every single man apparently wants to have sex with her. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy in the diner is like, you girls up to anything fun tonight? I'm going to kidnap Ava. Hope that's okay with you. <laughs> uh-huh. Then she just kind of smirks at him because she's worrying about, she's got to go and ask her boss if she can have a race. Which we never really find out if she did or wimped out on. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But she's got to go and do that. And I presume that, I presume that scene was just cut. That's what I'm presuming. But yeah, it's like this creepy humor where you're like, again, I don't care how long the purge has been going on for. And we're about to learn information in this film that means the purge has been going on for less time than we thought in the last film. Yeah. But again, we'll get to that. I would not joke about kidnapping someone who you're making sexual advances No, I would be on edge with everybody around me on the day of the purge. Exactly. Even people I love. But then this guy leaves and then... I'd be like, do you secretly hate me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this guy leaves and then her her friend who's there only for this scene. Oh, no, hang on. Is this her friend who we see later then? It is, yeah. Oh, I didn't pick that up at all. Uh, yeah. She's like, oh man, I'd go home with him. I'd let him kidnap me. But then said, that dog wants to sniff your ass. <laughs> no, she yep. says, I would eat the shit out of that dog. Like, who, yep. <laughs> who yep. would say that? <laughs> oh my God. She's a crazy lady. Crazy we hear lady. about it later. Mm-hmm. She's frisky. Well, she's not the crazy one, is she? See, well, yeah, she's frisky. She's yeah. frisky. But she's not. Yeah, it's that same one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the red top yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. But she's not. I mean, I wouldn't say she's crazy. She's just, she's just tawny. That's <laughs> indifferent. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean crazy. Like, I meant wild. I'm oh, sure. I get it, Allie. You think horny girls are crazy. I get your messaging. <laughs> I'm going to stop the conversation there. <laughs> so we see, we then cut to a guy who's loading some guns. I'm going to be, and he's looking at a photo of himself and a kid who we presume is his son. So we're getting everything immediately in this one yep. scene. Yeah. You can call it good storytelling, you can call it obvious storytelling, whatever you want. <laughs> but it's right there. Honestly, it's better than the opening of the first one. 100%. Do you know why? Because I'm introduced to two separate people and I immediately like both of them more than anybody from that first film. <laughs> yes. All we have is Ethan Hawke and we're like, this dude sucks. Yep. <laughs> yep. What, okay, okay I've, just to be clear, for the rest of the movie, with no negotiations, I'm calling this character the Punisher. Because this film yeah. is the best Punisher movie he doesn't have a name. ever made. <laughs> this is literally a Punisher. If you're into the Punisher, stop listening to this right now and go watch this movie. Because this is a Punisher fucking movie. That's exactly what it is. And his, his name in the film, uh, sorry, the name of the real guy is Frank Grillo. And Frank is the name of the Punisher. So it's just too perfect. Too perfect. Ah. Uh, but his, we don't get his character's name for like forever. No, right? he's just called Do Sergeant. Do we ever get it? No, he's just called Sergeant. He's just called Sergeant. That's it. Sarge. Sarge. But he's not called anything in the yeah for a long time. Not in the film. Not in the film, no. He is the Punisher. Like they just wanted to make a Punisher movie and just it's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Even like the sort of back history of him, it's crazy. Anyway, the waitress, uh, Eva, is walking home. Is it Eva or Eva? Eva? I think it, I thought it was Eva at first, but then later on, I think they say Ava. Okay, so they don't know. Ava. We, we don't I have don't. to. I like this. Like, people are trying to sell protection on the street. Like, people are just like, hey, because it's coming up to the purge. 
And then one guy, one guy's trying to sell guns to everybody, and then one dude walks by and he just goes, "Just use your hands, man. Just use your hands." <laughs> I also I forgot to mention this in the first film. Did you all catch on to the "stay safe"? Stay safe. Being repeated yeah, in the first one. Yeah. They do it way more in this one, right, but they yeah. did it a lot in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to point that out. But I'm immediately like, this is immediately giving us a landscape of stuff that we were kind of asking for when we got to the end of that first one was. We mm-hmm. want to see how this works in the real world and how people you know, take advantage of the system. And, and I really love that they're immediately exploring that here. Yeah. And I like that we get these different characters. I'm like, cool. Okay. What's going to happen with these people? She enters her apartment building. So now we get guy number two who wants to sleep with us. Some sweaty guy called Diego who's bothering, bothering her as she comes into her apartment and saying, hey, I could be your protection tonight. You should dig me upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, she says no. So she comes home to her father and her daughter. Um, now. I was confused by that relationship. Yes. Lee was as well. Lee thought they were sisters for a while, didn't you, Lee? I thought they were sisters. Because yeah. they just look so similar age-wise, didn't they? So similar age-wise. And then also the daughter was like, did you do everything we like went over yes. together? Yeah. And I like didn't think that a mother-daughter would be doing that. That's something that... I thought two sisters would do. That's interesting because I felt the opposite. Like I could tell, I immediately thought they were mother and daughter. I can see why you guys with the age might, you know, think maybe not. But that relationship is what told me that they were mother and daughter. And I actually right. thought that was really smart. Like the fact that you have like a single mother bringing up a daughter. We've already seen she's like hassled by life. And is she's not the strongest, you know, character. Like, I mean, she's written pretty well, but I mean, she's not a strong person. I mean, and yeah, her daughter's stepping up to kind of be like, look, come on, mom. And that's how like single kid families work with you got a single mother and a single kid like you step up for each other when you need each other and you become more equal you know one of you becomes a mother at different times if you know what i mean mm. so i actually thought that was good mm. writing i was kind of impressed because he didn't do great writing with the last one too sophisticated for me and lee <laughs> <laughs> most things are for me to be fair so. also yeah I spent uh, some of my childhood growing up as like an only kid with my mom for a lot of the time. So that dynamic seemed familiar to me. <laughs> yeah, so she comes home to them. The granddad seems all shirty about stuff and the, his granddaughter's showing him this video online about this activist guy. I didn't pick up his name, to be honest. No. But is this angry, angry beret wearing dude? Carmelo. Carmelo. Now, does it? That's right. now, we'll talk about it when we get to the end. But it seems most of this, these activists are black. Now, is that accurate, or did it just happen to be the ones we're seeing? I don't remember seeing anyone I, who wasn't black figures. Yeah, I remember seeing. I only remember seeing two of them actually. Well, you get a lot at the end, but they're on I wide feel like shots. So. It was mostly wider shots that I didn't really. Yeah, I was looking around. I was trying to see, see white people in there or any other. Like how people in it. So I'm interested yeah. in what they're trying to say with that. But um, we'll get to that when we get to it. I also, there was a quote in the video that she's watching that I think I'm, maybe I misheard, but now after having seen the rest of the film, maybe I didn't. I thought he said, we the people are not what we do. Yeah, I thought he said that. Did you hear that? Yeah. But then, so then I was like, oh, is this guy like talking about why the purge is okay? Because we are not what we do. Oh, okay. But then I was like, oh, no, he's kind of preaching the opposite of it. But then at the end of the film, when you see that they're going out and fighting back, I was like, maybe they're justifying it. Yeah, well, they do use violence to stop violence, which historically is not a great idea. (laughs) So that's what I, I don't know. I thought maybe I misheard that or maybe I I did not. Yeah, I started writing it down and then, yeah, I got confused with some of the wording. So I wasn't sure. 
Uh, but yeah, he's going on about kind of some of the stuff we heard in the first one. But it's all about the purge is all about killing the poor like us. And she starts to have a bit of an argument with her granddad about it. He's like, oh, he's, and he's an idiot. Doesn't matter. He's been stupid. Um, and she's not stupid. It's like, well, even if he's not, he's not going to do anything about it. And then she gives him some medicine and the daughter asks him to take it. And then we start hearing the sirens outside. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Not the sirens, but we start hearing sirens. So I have this question. Could there's sirens going all the way through this beginning? Now, it's a good atmospheric thing for the film. Builds tension nicely. However, why? <laughs> Are people getting a head start on the purge at, like, without realizing what time it is? Like, why so many sirens? Car accidents? Trying to rush home? Oh, maybe. That's a good point. I don't yeah. know. That maybe maybe yeah maybe but then what they show up to the scene then it hits seven and then they're like oh sorry can't do anything bye <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> they're halfway through defibrillating someone like when do they get <laughs> do they stop work at seven and then they're stuck outside for the purge oh, can you imagine if you're like yeah you're halfway through being defibrillated and then you just like come back to life and then it turns to seven and then they just keep defibrillating you <laughs> like fuck you <laughs> <laughs> sucks to suck <laughs> uh. So the granddad says, I'm just going to try and sleep through the holiday because I hate this night. And he lays it on very thick and then they're both like, oh, that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I immediately like all these characters. Like, there's just, they're not terrible people, which really helps. Yeah. And we're getting social commentary without having to use terrible lead characters, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So her daughter asks, yeah, how it went with her boss and if she got the raise and her daughter's clearly been prepping her for it. There's a good dynamic, I think. But we don't really learn. We don't really know what happened with the boss. We don't. I get. I get the impression that she just keeps being weak about this stuff and not ending up doing stuff she's promised she was going to do for the best mm. of them. So I'm kind of like seeing this character where it's like, all right, at some point she's going to have to prove herself in this movie by standing up for her family, sort of thing. Yeah, because she's a she's a nice lady. She's just, you know a nice mum, but not not necessarily, you know, doesn't necessarily overcome her fears to get stuff done. Yeah, and then we're introduced to a white couple. Which made me very happy. See, here's a little weird personal insult, insight into my life. No, no, not that they're a white couple. <laughs> I've written them down as the white couple. I love white people. <laughs> here's a little insight into my this life. Is genuinely, all right. So here's a weird thing. Oh, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. On, I can't believe I'm saying this live. <laughs> so when I'm writing down stuff for films, you tend to, you know, you need abbreviations for stuff. I'm bad with the names. You're not always introduced the names straight away. So you didn't need to be like, all right, punish a dude or like this person or whatever. And yeah, like with a lot of films, obviously black people are the minority in many, many films. So you normally would write down, oh, okay, black guy or the white guy or the uh, black girl or whatever. And then I feel bad about it thinking, why is that the deciding factor of who they are? You know, it should be like guy with weird hat or guy with, you know, girl with curly hair yeah, or whatever thing it is, you know, but, and I always feel kind of terrible about it in this film without even thinking about it. Because the other characters are more interesting immediately, I'm like, okay, Dinah Lady, and then I learn her name, Eva. And then the daughter, I'm like, okay, well, she's the daughter of this person, and she's like this, you know, like I'm being painted these interesting characters. Once we get to this white couple, they're called white couple for a long time in my in my notes. Because they're just this white couple and they completely stand out from everybody else in this movie because they're the minority, really, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I've, he's also they see well, we'll get there. So I'm just reassured. Honestly, it was a really reassuring moment for me to realize, oh, okay, like maybe it's still terrible and I shouldn't write down the white couple, but <laughs> I just literally write down whatever is the distinguishing factor given their minority stakes in the you know plateau of characters that are there. It's nothing to do with the color. <laughs> it's just literally, yeah. I don't see many films that are full of colored people and then have like a couple of white people just in there 
as fleet characters as well you know uh, so yeah we get this white couple who are getting their groceries again very relaxed everyone's very chilled that the purge is about to begin um and she's they have some tension she's telling him that she wants to tell his sister but he says he doesn't want to and then we get our first little scare is this hooded guy with a really cool day of the dead style sort of face paint uh on his face and uh knocks into him i think from his skateboard or is he meant to have been under their yeah. car is that the deal? He, the guy with the face painting was on a skateboard. But we learn in a little bit that they've, they've sabotaged their car, right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm wondering now, as, as I say these words, was he meant to have been coming from underneath the car? Had he been under there like sabotaging it as he like popped out? And that's why you get that scare. I don't know. I don't know. It looked like he'd come from the side and just barged into him. But... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so then we get these sort of slow motion shots of a gang of... I'm calling them the ice cream van gang because they have this sort of ice cream van that looks a bit like the Jeepers Creepers truck. They got a load of motorcycles. They've got like regular bicycles and they're all wearing different masks uh, and posing in very cool ways in slow motion. There were a little too many slow-mo shots for me. There's a lot. This kind of goes music video. Of these people. There were a lot of them. (laughs) So LA Sun and music video kind of cool sort of gang shots. and They look cool though. I like the designs. One of them's got God written on his mask and he waves creepily at them. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then she goes, what the fuck was that all about? And he goes, I don't know. He didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> he, so he's full of like the dumbest dad jokes in this film. <laughs> but really quickly, before the first time we're introduced to them, is he looking at photos of the two of them yes. in the car with her? That's what we're about to get now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it hasn't no, happened no, no, yet? No, no, no. we meet them at the grocery store and then they get in their car oh, okay. and start driving? Oh, how? Or is it before okay, that? Okay. It is before I that. I think it, it happens before. before. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just before. I was like, who is this girl that he's looking at photos of? I have it. Why well, didn't I not have it written down? I thought I had that written down. I didn't put together that it was the same girl and I was like, that's weird. Is this his sister? And he just went through a breakup? Or is it this girl? Yeah, I think this is meant to be, in retrospect from the twist later, I think this is meant to be him deciding, oh, actually, you know what? I love her. I don't want to break up. Yeah, that's what now having seen the movie, I'm like, oh, he didn't want to break up, yeah. but she wants to break up. Yeah. So he's trying. That I was like, why are, why are you looking at pictures of the two of you in the car with her? She's like right fucking there. Yeah. Look at her face. And she asks, what are you looking at? She can quite clearly see what he's looking at. It's like a big ass iPad. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're completely right. I completely skipped over a paragraph from my notes earlier where I'm like, now we're with the white couple who are driving home. Yeah. And we see people boarding up houses and stuff. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I completely missed that bit. I apologize. I'm, I'm saying, sorry. The boarding up of the houses, it was really nice to see as a contrast from the first film because that is a poor black family, I think. We've got like just basic like sheets of wood. Like plywood. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really nice to see. Yeah, it was like, cool seeing moments. all the different ways that people yeah. were like, well. Yeah. This is the best we can do. Meanwhile, the Punisher is getting ready when there's a knock huh. at the door. We learn it's his ex-wife, right? Yeah. And she sees yep. photos of a couple on his walls and she asks him not to do this and he tells her to go back to her new husband and family, but not bitterly. He's like kind of nice about it. And she mm. kisses his cheek and tells him to stay safe. I love this stuff. I love when we have nice characters where people treat each other well. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me really happy. I thought it was kind of silly that he had the pictures hanging on his wall. Oh, it's completely stupid, but he's the Punisher. So what are you going to do? <laughs> I was like, you could have just like had him on a desk. Like, I don't think you would have actually hung them up. He spent the entire day sitting on his bed dramatically and loading his guns. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's fine. You got to sit somewhere to load yeah, them. It takes like one minute. 
<laughs> you know, he's just been sitting there. Anyway, so then we head over to Ava, who's showering in slow motion in a couple of very strange shots, but nicely made. And her daughter's watching the activists online again, saying, we must pick up arms this year. We will fight back. Which I'm thinking, it's a bit late, isn't it? To say, <laughs> to say yes. that. On, <laughs> you're about half an hour from the purge beginning, and all of his fans must be, oh, shit. <laughs> I had other plans. I had got a flan in the oven. <laughs> I didn't know. But yeah, he's trying to get an army together to fight back. Meanwhile, Granddad is putting on a nice old suit and a hat and sneaking out and it gets into a limo. And I thought, lots of intrigue. I like it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yep. I assumed he was going to kill himself, yeah. which I guess. Which you need of. a limo for. <laughs> well, no, before I saw him leaving the house, and then I was like, yes. what is he doing? Yeah, I thought he was going to go himself. jump off a bridge. Yeah, I thought it was. Why does he need a limo to do that? Exactly. Exactly. That, at that point, I was like, oh, okay. Are they going to get into some weird secret society or something that he's a part of or something weird? Like, I didn't, which he, uh, yeah, again, sort of, I guess, but I didn't, I didn't of. think it would be how it was. Yeah. So the white couple, they're arguing about the decision that they've made, but we're still not meant to know what it is yet. And then she says, this is exactly what they have to tell his sister that they're separating, but he doesn't want to make it real by telling her. She's like, why not? If you've changed your mind, just fucking tell me. And she says it like so bitterly. Like, yeah, if you changed your mind that you now love me again. <laughs> but then their car stops and they can't start it again. And Ali, you know where they are? Downtown LA. You never want your car to stop in downtown LA. <laughs> there they are, stuck on the side of a freeway. Downtown LA. <laughs> Meanwhile, Punisher is driving out in his very cool black muscle car. And he does that for at least the first half of the movie. He's just, well, the first quarter. He's just driving around. There is one shot that they cut back to repeatedly yes. with like the camera on the <laughs> yeah. r- the driver's side hood of the car i'm like i get it we think you you think you got a cool shot <laughs> they cut to it like four times <laughs> how far away is this guy can he not just get to this guy like he's just driving around these streets for ages i also ages don't understand like if you had this big plan wouldn't he be like outside of the dude's house just waiting for seven to hit exactly yeah exactly no absolutely like, why is he like i'm gonna wait until Let's... people are in the streets killing each other exactly. to leave and head over there rather than get the journey over with before you're i don't know risking your life driving there i agree hey it's the sarge he can take care of himself apparently frank grillo loved this right. black muscle car so much that he tried to buy it off the production but they wouldn't let him oh <laughs> no, right come on that's mean yeah, so here's what they tell us. It's the sixth annual purge, which means the last one was only five years since the purge had started. Now, wait. Yeah. I, they say six? They say sixth. The sixth annual purge. Okay. Because I, when that, we're in the streets, I don't know, have we gotten there yet? Where this guy comes up on screen and his name is Donald Talbot. <laughs> and he says nine years. And I was like, it was nine years last year. I didn't catch the sixth annual. We definitely picked that up, didn't we, Lee? Because we both commented on it. Yeah, we were just very confused by it. Oh, that's weird. That part went over my head. But I noticed wrong math in a different area then. (laughs) This is very confused then. What the fuck is... They need to sort your lore out, Purge. (laughs) I don't know. Because if it's five years last time, then I don't believe anything that's going on in these movies. Like how nonchalant everyone would be. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, we need to look into that for our next week's um, podcast to see if they are contradicting themselves as much as we're knowing now. <laughs> then Ava and her daughter, they're blocking the door and they only have one handgun. She says, don't worry, we're going to be fine. Just like every year. Just like every year. 
just like every year. And meanwhile, the white couple are trying to get a ride and they're telling people on their phone that they'll pay three times the rate if they come out and rescue them, but no one wants to. And it's like, we can't be stuck outside. We're downtown. <laughs> Everyone comes downtown to purge. Party place. And then they see that their car was actually sabotaged. So, oh shit. So they turn around and the gang from before is there in the distance on the bridge doing more cool slow-mo shots. <laughs> <laughs> They're just always in slow-mo, these guys. It's great. They have their own paparazzi. I do like the machete-wielding guy. He's pretty cool. Yeah, and we get like people setting up their purge night, which I like. I like it. Like I like that they're investigating all this stuff a lot, a lot more. And we're really getting a lot more yeah. of that. You've got to release the beast in this one. Um, and then the emergency broadcast system begins while they're stuck out there on the streets. We get them in the middle of an empty cross street. I gotta say, I don't know, I do find it, like, again, it might just be the setup, it might just be the summer, but I do find it kind of chilling. It's just kind of like the factualness mm. of that emergency broadcast system and, you know, saying this is not a test. It's kind of like, you know, it's like the tsunami ones that go off or whatever. It, I don't know, it feels pretty... There's one in San Francisco that goes off every Tuesday at 2 p.m i think it is or something they do a test in case of tsunamis or earthquakes or whatever and the siren goes off across the city and it's terrifying every time because i forget what? every time you just get to across san francisco and you're like what the fuck That's weird. and then someone's voice comes in and goes this is a test this and i'm like oh thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just really chills me so this like the, uh, yeah, them being out in the streets, it is spooky, spooky. So the white couple, they're in an empty cross street. <laughs> I love this bit. He points in one direction and goes, uh, let's go that way. <laughs> like, surely you know which direction your house is. Like, it's not that confusing. Particularly in LA. There's like lots of kind of like things you look at in the distance that tells you what direction to go in. Shane is not the brightest. <laughs> Do they not have smartphones as well? Like, Yeah, yeah, good point. Google Maps. Did they I shut off? Bizarre. Did it shut off? Yeah, there's they're also maybe maybe they're like, where can we go to avoid people killing us? Yes. Like, what's the most logical? There must well, be an app for that, though. Surely, in the Purge universe. Oh yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> true. But this is stuff I want to explore. Is really follow it through like that? Yeah. Mm. There's got to be a, like a Purge avoidance app which gives you updates <laughs> from the free. It's kind of like Waze. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Purge, How to avoid public being people killed. just just like do little updates. Don't go down this street. There's people with a flamethrower. <laughs> You've got Uber Purge. You've got all that kind of stuff. Gotta yeah. be an Uber Purge. Purge. That's what I mean. Oh, I'm so bad. You want all this stuff. Like, you get like bulletproof cars. and yes. so Maybe maybe next, this new movie will be, mm-hmm. it'll incorporate the self-driving cars and they'll be bulletproof. I want Amazing. all the businesses. I want all the businesses. I want all the stuff that people, like, I mean, to be fair, this movie's given me a lot of stuff I asked for the last one. So maybe next one. Yeah. But now you want more. They'll build. I want more. So the sirens go off and we see snipers on rooftops. We see a guy with an axe uh, with a bunch of masks. We see a group with flamethrowers and dogs. We get introduced to a school bus of what looks like I don't know, skinhead thugs. Uh, not really sure. And then we see a truck. So I don't know what you call these in America. In England, you call this a big old lorry. What do you call it? Just a big truck? A, guy a semi-truck? Semi-truck. Okay. Yeah. It's got a guy on a minigun turret in the back. <laughs> He's just mowing down people. Big Daddy. Yeah. But they had guns too, so fuck <laughs> them. This is Big Daddy then, is it? This guy? Big Daddy. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to learn the twist with him later. So He's the, not that big. Yeah. So the Punisher comes across a gunfight with some burnt cars on a buried bridge. So this kind of 
channels his driving to downtown. We get some cool shots of LA like really empty, which is like two cars. Yeah. I like you just want in the distance like a line of cars with them people dancing on them. The white couple are down a back alley for some fucking stupid reason. <laughs> How do we get home? I know. Let's go to where Batman's parents were killed. It's just so stupid. <laughs> uh, and then they go to get in a dumpster, but there's a dead body in it. So instead of trying any other dead dump- dumpsters, they just need dumpsters. Keep running. <laughs> dead dumpsters. They're the worst. <laughs> Meanwhile, the daughter goes to get her granddad for some dinner. But hey, he's gone and he left a note which says, you know I'm dying. So I'm going to go be killed by a wealthy family. <laughs> <laughs> With dignity. They paid $100,000 for him to come. So this family are going to get the money afterwards, apparently. And then we get this. The mother, the daughter's freaking out, but the mother just doesn't really seem to give a shit. She's just like, he's gone. Just let him go. Yeah, she gives up so easily. It's her dad, right? Yeah. They both get over that very quickly, actually. Even the daughter. Yeah, they do. But at least the daughter yeah, freaks no, out. You know, he's never scene. brought up again after yeah. they get yeah. broken like, into. Yeah, he was dying to so fuck him. <laughs> But you get this weird, like, we uh, we get away with it because you get this weird montage where you see him at the rich house, surrounded by the rich yeah. people, and they're about to kill with him. With tarps all over. And because we know... Their art. Yeah. And because we know that he's presumably definitely dead, they then know that, which I feel is wrong. I feel if you just found that note and he's been gone for maybe a couple of hours, you'd be like, no, let's go find him. Yeah. Yeah. But no. And it's kind of weird. It's like, why even have that in the movie? You don't... Yeah, they didn't need it for any reason. No. Unless it was going to be a driving point of like, once they're out, they have a clue that he's nearby or something. Yeah, there's like nothing. I kept expecting it to come back up at some point or they'd accidentally go into that house and he's dead on the floor or something. But like... Yeah. Nothing. And it's, no. you're perfectly fine with just the mother and the daughter. You don't need his character at all. It's no. weird. Maybe they just liked incorporating the idea of showing that rich families pay for sick and dying people. Yeah, I just wanted to show a different side of how people play on the purge. Yeah, this writer director does seem to like that idea a lot. (laughs) The rich, the rich utilizing the poor for their entertainment, essentially. Yeah. So they hear a bunch of noises outside that seem strange, and then they go and see what looks like a army SWAT team uh, with very, very high tech gear turning up outside and they start banging to get inside the apartment but at the same time just to confuse things which this director likes to do because he did it in the first film you had the guy getting into the house and then at the same time you had the boyfriend turning around and trying to shoot ethan Hawke. this time he does the army lots getting into the house and at exactly the same time we have that uh what's his name diego diego the diego. sweaty man bursting into their apartment and we get like a brief cool shot, but we, uh, we go back to the Punisher guy every now and then. And we get this cool shot of a school bus that's burning like in the background. I laughed I out loud that. at that moment. Did you? It was I awesome. thought that was hilarious. <laughs> you were a terrible person. It was cool, but I was just like, I wonder who's on there. And they're just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> well, it's, I, I assumed it was those guys we saw in the other school bus earlier on. Yeah, well, they had like yeah. a fl- somebody that. had a flamethrower. Like the skinhead guys yeah <laughs> so yeah diego's in their apartment he's threatening to kill them and other things as well from the sounds of things mm-hmm. uh, and he's excited because he finds out her daughter's there which he seems surprised about <laughs> where's her daughter normally <laughs> <laughs> he's like whoa your daughter's here and then he's happy because he's going to get a package deal um and uh-huh. he, then he gets really really fucking angry i mean he's an angry boy he's so angry and shouty and then he licks her face oh 
It's all so a while. There's so many things that characters can do in films, and even like you know, like try to forcibly rape someone. But for some reason, like whenever somebody li- a guy, a gross guy, licks a girl's face, it gets the biggest reaction out of everybody. It's just <laughs> like it's just so horrible. Yeah. But yeah, so he licks her face, and yeah, and then he hears noises in the building as well, and he thinks that it's her father who's in the building, so he goes to shoot him, but then he gets fucking destroyed <laughs> by a chain gun. It just tears through him. Uh, and then yeah, I thought this shot looked really bad. Really? Him Did getting shot? Did you guys think shot? it looked cool? Yeah. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh. Is it, was it, I mean, it was pretty quick. The lighting was pretty smart in it, I felt like. I couldn't tell if they were real squibs. Or if it was CGI. It didn't look CGI to me, though. Do you think it was? I don't know. I thought, was it not in slow-mo? I feel like I watched that the whole like, movie pretty in clearly. <laughs> Almost all of it. 94% of it. I just thought it was pretty cool. I was just happy to see him get wrecked. Killed. <laughs> yeah, the SWAT people find them, and then they say, and I had to like, turn to lead to say, did they really say Big Daddy? Because <laughs> then they say... Big Daddy. Did I hear that right? <laughs> yeah. Big, Big Daddy, we have two for your personal purge. <laughs> Which I want to get back to that line later, so do remind me. Do remind me. Okay. Yeah, I think it's all just, it's just so much better shot than the first one. It really is. Like, this whole sequence is like, it looks cool. Yeah. They're dragged outside to a lorry where the Punisher passes by, so he decides to intervene. And this is the cool bit. And then you see like the white couple rounding a corner and you suddenly realize they're all going to intervene. Uh, much earlier than I thought they would. I wasn't sure how this film was going to go. I didn't know if we we're going to get just completely different vignettes and then they might overlap in subtle ways or they might all come together at the end. But they're coming together pretty early. Did you guys think this is what was going to happen? I seemed like you, Alan. Yeah, I, I kind of did. Diverge and then eventually all come together. But I quite liked they all came together so early. Mm. I did too. Yeah. I like group activities. <laughs> like group Poor activities. guy was all alone. Oh, the Punisher? He seemed fine. Yeah. He seemed fine. Um, because as we were saying, like, like all the characters individually, I actually like them all. So it's a group. You're kind of, you're rooting for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, definitely the two, the pair I care the least about is the white couple for sure. <laughs> yeah. Him in particular for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Him in particular. She's, she's fine. She has some redeeming moments. He, I'm just, he's useless throughout this whole film. And in a weirdly just sort of passive way, though. I don't know. It's not like he's really annoying, but it's just for some reason, I was just like, oh, I just No, he's not annoying. I actually think I found the daughter kind of annoying. Oh, really? I didn't think he was annoying. I just thought he just didn't do shit. I like the daughter. I like the daughter as well. Oh, I didn't like her. Okay, we'll get to, let let us know the moments where you didn't like her. Um, I think I might know where. Well, we passed one where she yelled out, don't come in here, we have guns. And I was like, he's going to fucking come in there. (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you just yell out to him? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just like that she's, you know, being, yeah, I guess. Again, I just like the balance between them. Like Her mom takes over at some points and the daughter takes over at other points. Like, I feel like he writes that kind of well, like balancing back and forth between them. But if you are watching it thinking they're sisters, maybe at this point it might feel differently. <laughs> no, she, I, you find out pretty early that that's mom. Yeah. I think by this point we know that. Okay. So yeah, they're dragged outside to this, the lorry where the minigun dude was. And yeah, like I said, the Punisher's passing by, the white couple around the corner, and they decide to hide behind the Punisher's car as the Punisher decides, you know what? Fuck it. He's like, keeps struggling with himself. Like, just stay in the car, just stay in the car, just stay in the car. And then he gets out of the car. <laughs> 
And I also love that he turns his lights off. Yeah. But then keeps driving. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, uh, like you're in a car. They all see you moving. <laughs> but if I go really slowly, and, they won't see And me. hear him as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just... Put yourself in park and chill out for a couple <laughs> minutes. Oh, is this film's Timmy? <laughs> Just need that that is true. <laughs> that is true. His car is this film's Timmy. Oh, every every uh, film needs a Timmy. Yeah, but because he leaves his car open, then the white people just get in it, and they don't do anything. They don't try and drive. They just get in it. Um, just hide. But I'm really liking this. I'm liking how they're meeting and their lives are crossing. It doesn't feel too contrived. I mean, it does feel a bit knowing the size of LA. <laughs> But I feel like, okay, we're only following these three sets of characters. At the beginning, I'm thinking that because yeah. we know they're going to cross over. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Punisher kicks some ass and we learn that he's able to kick ass mm. and frees the girls. He's doing an Ethan Hawke, but we believe him more, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, for sure. Completely. It helps that you know that, you know, he's clearly got some back history with kicking ass, but you're not sure what. Yeah. And then he signals to the, to Ava and his her daughter that they can come with him. So they all get into the car and then find the white couple just hiding in the back, <laughs> just like ah no. So they start <laughs> arguing. But then while they're arguing, the guy in the back of the truck, which he thought he'd killed, he only like shot through the cheek in a sort of Fight Club style. Uh, <laughs> he gets back up and gets on the minigun while the cool biker gang, sort of there the dead biker gang, turn up. So they all bail together with, uh, yeah, the mother, the daughter, the two white people, and the Punisher. Then, so yeah, it's kind of cool. They all establish who everyone is, what they're in the car, and what they're doing. But they don't know why the army was in their building, or why the Punisher was out in the streets. I'm still confused with some, <laughs> with some of why the army was in their building. but I'm a little confused as to why they trusted him so quickly. Because he's the only like person who can like take care of him. Like they're every, they're all. I mean, the white people actually say it to him. It's like we cannot look after ourselves on this night. They literally say we will yeah. not make it through this night. So I get them completely, and the mother and the daughter like he fucking saves their ass. So yeah, but also knowing the purge and knowing all the people in this world that exists, paying for people and like getting groups of people together to kill. I was like, what if he's just like rounding up people to take somewhere and kill? got a cool car like he's out with weapons yeah i mean yeah i think also it's the numbers thing maybe if it's just those two but because they've got this scared white couple who are clearly not out to do damage because they're just so scared yeah. maybe then they feel okay well you know at least there is four of us i don't know i bought it oh lee I did not. deciding factor i yeah i bought it I it. There's that really nice moment where he's killed all of the um, people surrounding the um, surrounding the the two girls, uh, two women rather, and um, he just gives them a look and there's like a, like a brief pause where they just stare at each other and I felt like they kind of all communicated like in that moment that you, you know, cool, I'm cool, yeah, you cool because cool. he well yeah and he walks <laughs> away from him he doesn't want to take him and then they kind of like look at him and then he sort of looks yeah. at them and yeah there's that nice moment. Yeah, I feel it's the reluctance. Maybe if he was like, come with me, if you want to live, then yeah, they'd freak out a bit more. Yeah. But his car starts billowing smoke and then it dies in an alleyway. Uh, they've got seven hours till morning. Some of them are like, can't we just sit in the car? <laughs> it's like, no, it's stupid. So the Punisher tells them, you're on your own now. And he gives each of them a gun because he's got to go do something he's got to do before the sun comes up. And they're just going to slow him down. Um, but then Ava says, hey, I can get you a car. 
Now, here's the thing. Well, no, they all, first of all, immediately protest and they're like, you can't leave us. Yeah. Like literally all of us, all of them immediately assume you now have a responsibility to protect the four of us. And I was like, no, he fucking does it. He just saved your life. Now he's like, peace out. Good luck. Did you one favor? <laughs> all like all of them started throwing a fit. I know. You owe us now. I know. I was saying it to Lee. It really annoys me when people do that. I hope no one actually does that in real life. Oh, you saved my life once. Now you have to save it forever. Now you're in charge of me. No. <laughs> I was saying to Lee, it's like if that actually happened to you, if you save someone's life and then they said that to you, you're right. All right. But if I, if I fucking look after you, then you are now mine. <laughs> you are my property. <laughs> and I don't want that. <laughs> I can use you like a human shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was annoying. Yeah, it was annoying. If I was him, uh, this is the thing you're saying they wouldn't trust him. If I was him, I would say, fuck you guys. <laughs> I would say, honestly. That's what, well, that's another problem I have that we'll get to later on. <laughs> okay. All right. But yeah, she's saying she can get them a car. She's got her friend, which, yeah, is that lady from the beginning scene then. And if they get to her building, which is fairly nearby, sort of, uh, then they can get a car. Now, I appreciate violence is happening on the streets. Do all cars in this world disappear on like <laughs> could he not just get another car? Can he not just hotwire a fucking car somewhere? Like is it really is it really that desperate? Like he's going to this guy's house. Like you said, he should be outside anyway. But if for some reason he decides only to leave when the purge begins, he's driving all the way across town to get to this guy. He's gotta be getting near there, right? But instead he decides to go to this woman's house to like get a car. And there must be fucking cars everywhere. But you don't see any in this film, other than no. the ones people are driving and killing with. Well, that's what I guess the people who are in this world are either at home with everything locked up or out using yeah, but it's, their cars and killing people. It's LA. We know how much off-street parking there is in LA, and yeah, it's, not <laughs> it's not much. It's not much. Yeah, I, that was a big problem for me. I was just like, I don't buy he's going to go here just for this car. That, that's that enticing for him. I think he would just go, nah, fuck it, I'll just walk. Because it'll take him 20 minutes or something. But I guess the geography is a bit skewed. It's hard to know. Yeah. So he gives her... I did, like, I did appreciate this. He gives her a phone, which proves that their phones are still working. And says, you've got to ring your friend. Uh, yeah, they don't really introduce you right. They don't introduce smartphones and stuff that often in this, really. But you think you would do that a lot more? Because, yeah, it feels like something that they would just put into this is kind of like all the satellites are sort of cut off during the purge. So you can't, like phone people and organize shit and you know and also like last time we talked about the purge feeds that we see snippets of like if you had a phone with you could you not look at cameras and find yeah and all that kind of stuff i don't know i feel like the purge feed is what is being shown to you i don't know whether you you think it's something that you can like navigate around and see different streets i don't know i mean you know you you know you can get traffic cameras and all that kind of crap can't you on your phone so i don't know whether because they just, seemed surprised yeah, when they some. walked onto the truck that they're like how does this person have access to all these cameras ethan Hawke did for all of these views <laughs> um, yeah i think it's i think you would have some cameras for sure i don't think you'd have yeah. as many as that does but you'd have access yeah like you say to traffic cams and web, you know public webcams and stuff like that yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to see like a Battle Royale version of this now where you've got like a high-tech like nerd kid who's hacked into all of the cameras and they're using that to like get around and stuff. But yeah, so she rings a friend and uh, she comes back and says, it's all fine. My friend's got a car. Come with us. Uh, sorry, help us get there and you can have this car. So he's like, all right. 
he, but he asks her, like, can I definitely use the car? And she just looks at him. She doesn't even really react. She's clearly lying. Like, she doesn't even, like, nod at him, you know, in like a, yeah, yeah, you can have the car. She just looks guilty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then a minigun truck drives by and sees their deserted car. So they're kind of on, on the heels. We're introduced to a woman who's on top of a building with an assault rifle shooting people, saying, I'm doing God's work. The right arm of the free world is the left hand of the arm of God. It's a pretty good sense. That God uses earthquakes. It's true. It's true. He um, does. Yeah, I like all these peripheral characters doing this thing, you know? Yeah, it's cool. I like seeing different perspectives and people's sides. It makes me feel like this could be, you know, a TV show like The Walking Dead or something. Um, get that kind of vibe off of it. Yeah. Some people just stuck out. You should do it like, well, actually, they should do it like 24 where you had one hour through per episode. But what is this, 12 hours? Which is the perfect season nowadays, isn't it? Because we used to yeah. have 24 episodes, now we have 12. So they should do a 12-hour show with each hour in real time of The Purge, essentially. Oh, I like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. So the ice cream truck gang turn up. Hmm. They're dragging someone away. And then the white boy steps out into the road and gets caught in a trap and Lee jumps. <laughs> like crazy. Really? <laughs> Lee did a couple of good jumps in this film. Oh, that's hilarious. That oh, man. To be fair, the sound was really loud. I'm missing out. <laughs> so I, did, I did have to sound pretty loud, I admit. And is there an alarm going off when that trap happens, I think? Because then all yeah. kinds of shit yeah. just happens. People are shooting from yeah, windows. Yeah, there's an alarm going off. It becomes a zombie film all of a sudden. Like, yeah. Zombies. I thought this was cool. Yeah, it was cool. I it, got excited. Mm. They don't really follow it through because we have this one yeah. scene of everybody's running at them and then they finally shoot the wire and just run away and they're fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one's chasing them. Well, he them. kills one person. Yeah. Sergeant, or grab somebody. I think he I thought it was like a, like a bear trap type thing at first and I thought he was kind of a mangled up leg or something, but it wasn't. It was just like a, just a cable. So. Yeah, it's a weird trap. But this is what we're saying. Put fucking traps up, people. Yeah, yeah. booby trap everybody. Yeah. Well, it's fine. What I, I really want to see what these people are like though when they're not in purge mode. Because this woman on top of the building, clearly a nutter. And yeah. <laughs> I want to know, is she normally a nutter and she just gets the guns out on purge night? Or is she normally just, you know, a completely normal person? Because uh, what, how do you flip that switch? I feel like she's got to be normally a nutter. Normally a nutter. Normally crazy. <laughs> Crazily yeah. normal. So there's six hours left, and the activists now take over the feeds with Beret Man. Tonight, we write our message in blood, their blood. Whose blood? That's what I... Who? <laughs> the wealthy and the government. Okay. So the wealthy... And this is one of this is one of the points I'm going to begin to, because they're kind of... They're lumping in this sort of logic of, okay, so the government created the purge night. And we do get, like you're saying, we get to see one of the people who instigated it. Uh, on that TV feed earlier, or whatever thing earlier. Yeah. Donald Talbot. And then they definitely seem angry with the rich as well. But they're like pushing them all together as if the rich created the purge rather than the rich are kind of, you know, exploiting it in their own way, essentially. But because the purge seems to benefit the rich, I guess is where the anger comes from, even if they didn't instigate yeah. the purge. But I'm kind of confused with like, it wasn't the rich who created the purge, was it? It was this government that moved in. It's just kind of elite, isn't it? The kind of group which is also together. the rich. Yeah, sure. But you could say, you know, this group of poor people are committing crimes and stealing stuff. It doesn't mean all poor people should be treated like criminals. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
I but feel I like think it was both it's ways. more that like the rich people are then creating these things like, oh, I can now purchase the poor people because they're trying to get money to benefit their family or, oh, the people that they're bringing in are the more helpless people who don't have access to the resources that they have access to. Is it that much worse than the people who are just out on the street shooting everybody? I don't know. It's smaller numbers out on the street just shooting everybody rather than like I don't know. These guys got rounding up and throwers. creating entertainment <laughs> spaces, like putting them on stage or in like Plus, a hunting ground. They're creating a good economy because they're giving this this ice cream van gang and other gangs presumably like it a resource to create good money. Get jobs. Okay. Creating jobs. Al is pro purge. <laughs> no, but what all I'm saying is, I think there's plenty to be angry about the rich with in this film. I think there's plenty to be angry with the poor with about in this film. But the purge is the responsibility of the government. So I'm just a bit confused with this uh, activist group. Keeps talking about it like it wants to take down the government, but then it's not actually attacking the government. Well, but it's also like we were talking about in last week. It's the people who are joining it and supporting it and encouraging it okay so their, their solution to stop people from killing other people on purge night is to kill the people who are killing the other people no 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 i'm not saying they're <laughs> in the right either but I'm, that's saying, what I'm saying what is their logic i think that's the people partaking in it yeah no no because he's wearing Agreed. a beret Does it make i'm presuming sense. he can think you know pretty he's got smart thoughts in his head if he's wearing a beret <laughs> so i'm not is that all it takes i have a problem with this i really do like i'm like this doesn't seem how an activist i feel an activist group would be getting people together to go and like siege the white house or something like that you know i also have a problem with the sergeant i feel conflicted about him it's the punisher for starters stop calling the sarge it's the punisher <laughs> i feel <laughs> conflicted all right what's what how do you feel why the beautiful man it gets shit done. <laughs> he is. All, he also kills innocent people. Not innocent. He he just like you know he kills the people who are attacking other people. He killed the dude in camo. Oh, For no reason. It's this guy in camo. I don't remember. The one who the woman was trying to kill because he cheated on her. In but the crazy woman's apartment. He, oh, there's he was reason holding... for that. He just shoots him and is like, No, he's holding him. Oh, no, now we can leave. For starters, he doesn't actually kill him. He shoots him in the legs. And he was uh, holding Liz, ho Liz hostage at the time. Exactly. So he's trying to save the lady. And he just like wounds him. Because you come back to that guy like wounded. like, okay, I love the Punisher now. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm still... That's what I'm saying is he's clearly someone we're supposed to be rooting for. And I like I like him like I'm rooting for him. But then I'm also like, but you're out killing people, too. And you're out because you want to go kill someone. So I'm like, maybe I shouldn't like you. Well, that's the point. Yeah, he's an antihero for sure. Like, which is what The Punisher is. I would not recommend you watch Netflix, The Punisher. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> um, he does very bad things. I'm not. I'm going to watch Stage Fright. <laughs> but I feel that's the point. It's like he only harms people who, you know, if he has to in terms of they're attacking his group and like they're hurting other people that he sort of wants to stop them from hurting. The, uh, but yeah, the conflict is he's on his way to kill somebody. He's also out. Yeah. Yeah. Going on his way But to in terms of somebody. motivation to go and kill someone pretty decent motivation isn't it i'm not saying it's yeah correct, obviously but you know, and then spoilers he, he doesn't follow through so yeah <laughs> he's definitely i mean and that's his arc and that's the important thing like ethan hawk doesn't really have an arc in the first one which was a problem with me no other than when he, he just kind of flips a switch yeah he's like never mind 
So they're in the banking district. Uh, the white boy is like Ali and getting a little bit worried about this Punisher. <laughs> Bella. Um, His commentary is so funny. <laughs> so funny. And then the Punisher, so the Punisher just goes, I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's actually really good. The daughter tries to talk to him, to the Punisher. It's like, you're either a cop or you're a criminal. And he says, you're either a pain in my ass or a pain in my ass. New rules, everyone shut up. <laughs> They're also, yeah, that's, that's what I'm like, writer. everybody, like, why aren't you whispering? Everybody's <laughs> yeah. just like talking yeah. at normal, that's if true. not above average volume. That is. Like, whisper. They're, and they're all just trying walking to kill on the you. They're not even like looking behind them or anything. Like, no. <laughs> very aware that they could be sniped at any moment or anything. It's like, eh, strolling along, <laughs> chatting away. Oh, man. Uh, well, they do call it a holiday later on. <laughs> the purchase yeah. of holidays. Mm, mm. Yeah. So they find a dead... People probably do just flee the country. Oh, yeah. Like, they just oh, go to Canada for the up. weekend. Gotta go to Italy. <laughs> Everyone's like, Canada's got a great tourism going on for one night a year. <laughs> yeah. They find a dead stockbroker strung up, to which the white guy says maybe he deserved it. <laughs> then he goes, bad joke. <laughs> They come across a street of dead people on the floor with smoke everywhere. So what's exactly, what's going on here? What's the deal? Because uh, then someone jumps out and it's one of those guys who came into a building. Uh, one of the army guys. So I kind of want to talk about it as we go through because I feel when we get to the twist, I, I want to like dissect it as we go through because I'm confused. I think I'm being simple. Maybe it's just my tired brain, but I'm a little confused. So can we just very quickly just clarify what's actually going on? Okay. So these army guys at the end, because look, because they, I'm really confused because they want him because he killed some of their people. Yes. And he attacked the big daddy. Yeah. So they yep. didn't care about the Punisher until he turns up at the beginning and saves the girl and the daughter. So the woman. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But then they want them for what reason? Because they got away. Because they got away. And they were from the building that was marked. That right. they were targeting. Yeah. So the targeted buildings that they find when they get into this truck later on are essentially saying these are the places, because what they're saying is not enough people are killing people anymore yeah. in the purge. So the government's sending out people to kill enough people to what, keep the morale going, I guess, so if it's a good old purge and it's helping the economy work. So this idea of, yeah, what if people actually don't want to do this? Well, the government will do it anyway just to just to keep the economy how they need it to be. Yes. Which I kind of like yes. that idea. What I don't like is this absolutely stupid idea of, so I'm just clarifying before I go ahead with it, is that the map is there, you see these red houses that they're picking, so they're mostly picking, I guess, poor people? Is that the point? Yeah, she says they're picking houses in the projects. Okay. To go in there and kill as many people as they can just to kind of keep it going. Now, number one, they're going to distinct houses to kill people. So, like, it's dressed up like a fucking SWAT team. <laughs> Yeah. These are not this, not subtle. This is not subtle. Like you're only targeting concentrated houses and you're dressed up like the fucking army from the government. <laughs> like it's a really stupid idea. And then the second stupid idea is two of them get away. Who gives a shit? Like they don't have a reason for killing these two. Yeah. They don't care. They're just in there to kill as many as they can. Two more even if they have a quota they have to reach, even if it's like, you know, you got to, like, kill this many people before you come back in for after the night. Find two other people on the street and just fucking kill them. I don't really care. Like, it's... Yeah. Just go to the next building. 
Because there were like spotty red pills. It doesn't, I don't understand. I kept waiting for this big reveal at the end of, oh, why are they after these two? There's going to be some big twist that maybe sets it up even for a third film, you know, something weird. But really, it's like just because. It was the same with the first one, though, wasn't it? Where it's just like this big fascination with, I want to kill the set people that I've decided I want to kill. And if I can't, then I'm going to chase them down for the rest of the evening. It's like, just go find someone else to kill. Yeah. I don't believe for a second they would use these resources. If it was just that one truck with that one guy, Big Daddy or whatever, maybe, like, he could get that pissy about it. But the fact that they then have other trucks turn up, like, resources sent to deal with these two women. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than continue to rack up numbers. And why were those two his personal purge or whatever they... Yeah. Phrase they used. Yeah, I've got two more for Big Daddy's personal purge. Yeah. Don't understand. Because I was waiting for some yeah. really twisted fucking thing to be happening later that's like yeah. dark and I'm surprised sexual. they still haven't really brought in like rape or anything. They started to in this one, but it yeah. kind of when he licks her jaw. Licking her face isn't enough for you, Allie. <laughs> you want actual no, rape. but I'm, I'm surprised there's not... Because it like something like, oh, this is for Big Daddy's personal purge. Yeah. First of all, the name Big Daddy, like <laughs> yes. all, all of it screams, I'm going to have sex with these women and then kill them afterwards. Yeah, no, that's true. Or even just like one shot on the street of like, you know, something more set, like, a, you know, someone just like pushing someone to the floor screaming or something like it's all yeah. about killing. It's still all about killing. Yeah, I agree. I want to see people running home with flat screen TVs. I know you do. I know. <laughs> nice 4K HDR. <laughs> So anyway, all right. So oh, actually, well, this is that bit, isn't it? Sorry, I didn't even need to skip around. We're, we're at it. So someone jumps out. Yeah, it's one of the guys who came into the building. They find a truck, which is now empty. It's got all these cams on it. So that shows what we we're just talking about. All these places they're targeting. So here's what we kind of learn about that. Uh, but the truck is dead, so they can't use it. And then they find the mark of the activist outside. So the, the daughter's like, oh, they're rainbowy. Let's be in here. Killed everybody. <laughs> but then two new trucks turn up, so they run. So many resources. It's ridiculous. There's a really bizarre <laughs> moment. We both looked at each other, Al, where, like... That happens this, sporadically anyway, Lee. The, the, <laughs> the look of love. Um, Sergeant just, like, he picks up the bullet and looks at it like, hmm, I've never yeah, seen a bullet yeah, before. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> that's right, right, when he's getting onto the truck. Yeah. There's so this many shells. And he just yeah picks it up. I think what it's meant to be because yeah I thought it was so weird at the time. And afterwards I was thinking, I think because we learn later he's a sergeant, that maybe he was a part of this group, and it's him or something to do with the army. And it's him seeing it's <sighs> army grade like bullets or something like that. Like it's official I government. See, right? Okay. Because the government always has official ammo and official guns and weaponry, you know. And they always seem to be able yeah. to tell it in movies. I don't know if that's real or just something the movies have lied to us about. <laughs> but I feel that's what it is. That's him figuring out, oh, okay, this is the government. Oh, uh, okay. But I definitely didn't get that at the time. I have written down here, I'm loving the ride and I'm intrigued as to why she's being targeted. Uh, but they just told us and I'd completely missed it. That was all there was to it. <laughs> I thought there was more coming. No. <laughs> so they need to get to the subway, but there's people everywhere. And then a rat runs up the white girl's leg. So she screams like every fucking idiot in horror films. Lee thought this was sensible though. <laughs> Lee was fine with this. Well, like, the rat basically ran up to her, you know, genitals. So, <laughs> this is the I rape we're talking about. We, <laughs> yeah. Rat rape. Rat rape. There it is. Um, I just hate sequel it. to rat race. <laughs> 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 Mr. Bean. Mm. 
I hate it when in horror movies you're in a tense situation and then a fucking rat or a mouse comes along. It's like, do you really care? Like all the stuff going on around you, you're scared of vermin, really. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think they matter. But a guy comes over to investigate, so the Punisher breaks his neck and they head on down to the, the subways. This happens quite a lot when they get into these situations like, oh, this is kind of a cool situation. And I think it's going to turn into a big set piece, but then the Punisher just kills one person and then they get out. That's what tends yeah. to happen quite a bit. Yeah. This was the point where I was going, these confrontations aren't as fun as they could be, but they're fun enough. But I wish, yeah, I wish I had a bit more fun with when you had these different set pieces. So the also, door- it's a big dude that he grabs. Yeah. Mm. His biceps are like twice the size of your friends. My pr- Punisher. <laughs> I'm glad you're calling him the Punisher now. Yeah, but, I was going to call him Sergeant. I knew I was going to get yelled at again. I do yell. He has the power of justice behind him. And justice is bigger than biceps. So uh, I see. Fine. So they're down in the subways and the daughter's asking the Punisher, uh, why the Punisher stopped for them to begin with? She said, you were putting up a fight. Uh, no, he said you were putting up a fight. He was not. And you reminded me of someone. As if we're not meant to guess from him just looking at a photo of his son to begin with. Like, what? what's going on? So, this... Oh, I, I have said an, this before. I sense an alley diatribe. Here we go. <laughs> I have said this on multiple horror franchise podcasts. I hate when they don't put up a good fight. When they're just like squirming at the yeah. top. And I'm yeah. like, if you were literally in severe danger like that, you would be fucking thrashing around, kicking, doing whatever you could. Which I remember in one of the leather faces, one girl just fucking gives it her all. And yeah. It was amazing. And it stands out. And you're like, holy shit, she's really fucking trying to get out of here. So that's always a problem that I have across many horror films is they're like, you're going to do your own stunt because the camera's on you. So just kind of fight and we'll make it look like you're really fighting. And it doesn't come across. <laughs> and so that's what happens with this. And he's like, you're a fighter. And I was like, just don't use that line. Just you stick with the line of you remind me of someone. We get it. She's a young daughter. He had a young son. That's perfectly enough. Yeah. I am done. <laughs> so that really part, so it was when, when he finds them, you didn't feel she was fighting enough for that to be valid. I didn't feel that either of them were. I was like, you're sitting on the ground, like lay down and kick their faces. Use your legs. Yeah. All right. Full disclosure. We lost the rest of the podcast. We recorded for about, what, three hours more. We're just <laughs> talking about Frank Grillo's adventures <laughs> in the middle of nighttime LA. Uh, no, we did. There's about nearly an hour. It was like 45 minutes snack. And I know because Ali didn't lose hers. So maybe we should release your original cut by yourself. Just talking just to yourself. Me. Just the, all the gaps in between. They can fill in the gaps of what you two were saying. <laughs> It'd be like karaoke podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we lost all of mine, Lee's stuff. Very annoying. I think this has only ever happened once before on one of these main ones. And we had to just go back and redo the whole podcast because we actually lost everything. Uh, but we've never had one where we've lost part of it. And that's what's happened. So we're in a dilemma. We thought, should we just go back and pretend that that didn't happen? But we've talked about all this before. Because it's been like, it's been a few days before we realized. Or should we just be upfront? And we thought, you know what? Let's just be upfront. Because it won't feel the same if we're kind of pretending to be excited about stuff. So what you're about to hear is probably 30 minutes of us all being, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew you had that opinion because <laughs> I've heard you say it before. So it will be enthralling 
really, really enthralling. And if we've missed a little bit, I'll I apologize. i to come up with new jokes. Yeah, if we could all just have new opinions this time, <laughs> like sure, I've yeah, actually just change it up. Because it has been a few days, I actually went and rewatched the second half of this movie, so I might have a whole new. This is technically like revisiting. <laughs> this is a more considered, thoughtful it is. section of the podcast. There you go. We've so, digested things. We've yeah. talked about it once. We've gone away and reflected on our lives and what the Punisher <laughs> means to them. And now we're back. <laughs> it is not a Punisher film. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, I'll let you have that one. So that opinion remains the same. So where do we leave off exactly? So we were with them, like, they were outside. The rat had just crawled into the woman's uh, crotch or whatever, and she had screamed. Ah! Which I thought was stupid, and Lee thought was understandable. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and so then the Punisher gives the daughter his bulletproof jacket, and then they hear something in the subways. So they head on down there. There's, like, a room of homeless people who are hiding. Which, yeah, I, re- I like this stuff. I like the... Uh, I, I always like in these films seeing the rest of the world is normally more interesting to me than seeing lead characters, which I don't know what that says about the lead characters. But I'm more interested. Curiosity. In, yeah, I'm just interested in like seeing how it affects all facets of American life. So seeing yeah. the homeless people just down in this subway hiding. It's like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Like, but I, I think that like, that stems from like the biggest issue I have with this film is like it's such a. Uh, an amazing premise that deserves being explored in a proper way. So that when you do see these little pockets of real life, you think, oh, that's what does that mean for those groups of people and those people? Yeah. Uh, and it just doesn't explore the kind of outer limits of like what the purge actually means in the best, best way. So yeah, you really, you really could imagine like, you could imagine this just be taken to, you know, a, a full on funfair ride, which I think is where they're trying to go with it. Mm. But they just don't quite have the money or the expertise to do that. Or it being taken the opposite way. And it could be this really like little indie art house movie almost, you know, of like what happens to society when you do this one terrible thing. And it could like, but it would be like a French horror film or something like yeah. that. Like, and instead it's in this weird place where like, yeah, they seem to want to talk about some stuff, but then they don't really think it through. Yeah. While they're just trying to like throw fireworks in our face in a <laughs> LA kind of way. Yeah, so what happens? Yeah, the mother starts having trouble breathing. She starts I think she's freaking out, isn't she? She's not like an asthma attack. It's or never really explained properly, is it? Yeah. It could be a panic attack or it could be just that the air is thin in the tunnel that they're in. Right. Or a combination of the two. But she just yeah. sort of stops in the middle of the floor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And I feel like if the air is thin... It's like lying down. Does she, <laughs> she falls. Yeah, come yeah, on her knees, yeah, yeah. I think. I feel like it's the least of your worries is the air being thin in, in tunnels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on purge night. You know what's going to purge you? The fucking air. That's what's gonna <laughs> the <it>. air. <laughs> the irony of suffocating on purge night. <laughs> so yeah, a bunch of flamethrower like, gang people come down into the subway on ATVs. We get a kind of cool shot as they run over someone. It's pretty nasty. Mm. yeah and then this is where the mother trips so the punisher starts carrying her and then the white guy realizes they're not going to make it so he decides you know what i'm going to fucking do something because he's been pretty useless up until this point so he starts shooting back and then tells his girl to do the same so they both just go mental basically she really fucks shit up she does she <laughs> pretty awesome really fucks shit up which is yeah. kind of i like characters that reach a breaking point that seem weak and reach a breaking point and turn around and suddenly become strong which she sort of does in this movie but then they forget all about it yeah. yeah she's got she's just got like really good facial expressions while she's doing this i think yeah. i liked watching her in this scene you like watching her facial expressions as she blew shit yeah <laughs> that's like one of my main problems with this is i wasn't liking the character's reactions or performance necessarily but right. i really like her in this particular moment right right, right. i think she pulls it off 
he gets shot and then yeah she's blowing up the cars and then the punisher's knees bleeding out so they go out and wait for the white couple and i think we're meant to think they're dead or whatever which i was kind of, i was hoping they're dead i thought like, that's kind of cool and maybe we'll see one of them right at the end will turn up or something but definitely one of them should be dead but nope yeah they're both fine he's been shot Still but kicking. they just hobble out it's cool there are four hours 30 minutes left of the purge we got a cool top shot as they're running through the streets i like these bits uh when you get that context of it yeah and then they find the building that they're going to uh to meet her friend and head on up what's the thing here da, da, da. see the traffic lights cam and the trucks notice the civilians who attack the truck too what i'm confused by my notes now <laughs> <laughs> we see the traffic lights cam oh yes we see a camera from one the of the traffic cameras lights that they're oh yeah them through. the trucks yeah 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 so they're like tracking them through all of the security cameras around the city yeah. which is a trope utilized a lot in the in well i think all these films but in this film like it's utilized a lot yeah don't believe it there are a lot of cameras it'd be very hard to find it. people around cities using security cameras <laughs> like it yeah. takes weeks. i think with the traffic lights is those are those, that's not, I don't think it's constant video footage. I thought those were just like, take a photo if someone runs a yellow a light point. or a red light. That's a good point. Although technically we're in the future, aren't we? I think just by a little bit. So who knows? Two years in the <laughs> so future, advanced Allie. now. <laughs> Everything. We wouldn't understand. <laughs> so yeah, so they go up to meet her friend. They're in an apartment and just people are hanging out. I love how we're introduced to a friend. He's like, I can't believe you guys went through all that stuff. It's insane. <laughs> Wearing her like fancy red dress. Yep. Like, Drinking why are you wine. dressed like that? Where are you going? And we get more terrible dialogue with Frank, where, uh, yeah, the Punisher's talking to the white guy. He's hurt himself. He's like, You'll be okay. It's going to hurt like a son of a bitch, but you'll be okay. That's what you get for being a hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so stupid. Um, any of us for a split second I judge the Punisher here for, for any of this not being smart enough to know that there's no fucking car at this place like he's gone along for this ride and it pretends that he's going to get a car for helping them out and I feel like he's smart enough to know that that's not going to happen but he looks very very shocked here when he finds out that there's no car for him <laughs> <laughs> poor little gullible Frank Grilla yeah everyone's just chilling out I don't know if I believe that there's not a car you don't believe there's not like... a car? no 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 I believe that there's not a car that they are willing to lend him. I don't believe that that family and living in that apartment in Los Angeles do not own a car. Well, that's a good point. They're in LA. They have Logistically, to have a car. I'm yeah. sure they own a car. They're just not gonna. Although they're apartment dwellers, I don't know. Maybe they're buses. Maybe they enjoy that LA bus system, which is so nice and friendly. <laughs> I was gonna say because it's so convenient to <laughs> take public transportation in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not. Yeah, there's a weird tension here, though, which I do... I think, I think it's definitely what they're trying to go for, is you're trying to guess, oh, is there anything dangerous here? And if so, who's it going to come from? So you've got, like, yeah. her friend who's the one in red, who's all drunk and sort of having fun. Then you've got what you learn is her sister, who's a lot more reserved. And then you've got this sort of old grandpa guy who's just hanging out. And he's just, like, happy to hand out his clothes really quickly. And the Punisher's like, I need something <laughs> to wear. And then he's like, go down the hall. Take the second I left. Have a go closet. in my top drawer. Take anything you want. <laughs> Like, all right. Um, and then these two other guys turn up, and one of them turns out to be the husband of the more reserved sister. Yeah, and there's like a weird tension. I think you're thinking it's going to come from the guys, and then you think it's going to come from the girl in the red top, her friend, because she seems so sort of drunken. And then she throws out these comments like, this isn't, you know, the, the grandfather's saying this is a purge free household or whatever, uh, or like, we don't support the purge. And she'll say, like, speak for yourself. Yeah. 
when they when that second group came back in the husband i actually thought they were going to have been a part of like the ice cream gang group or something that we had seen right just because they were all wearing masks i was just waiting for them to have like a shot of his back pocket or something coming out to yeah to like show that he or... had been a part of a group that had been after them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that would be one way to go i think i think what they actually do is kind of cool in that they don't go for anything that's that contrived but unfortunately they don't really pull it off that well like it's just yeah. kind of, it's a bit of a mess like you basically have the so there's the uh her friend who's in the red dress she's flirting with the husband and then the wife is kind of ignoring them and then she just suddenly out of nowhere comes out with a gun <laughs> and just starts shooting and it's just yeah. literally out of nowhere just blows her sister and her sister away because <laughs> i think they're just so busy trying to like distract us with the other people i don't really understand why the sergeant seems so put off by the fact that the woman in the red dress is like taking pills yeah like, when he go when he goes to tell the mom that he's he seems like he's coming to her with like really important information of like we are in danger because i saw this person doing this thing yeah and in reality it's just like your friend's Taking pills. What's up with that? As though Mixing that's going to instantly change her behavior or something. Yeah. And you don't see yeah. what pills it is. It's like it could be just aspirin. It's like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. It I'm, seems like it's a much bigger deal than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think that's what it, they're just trying to force misdirection so much here that it doesn't really work. Like, I think, I think the idea is fine, but again, it's just the writing and the way they do it. But it's fine. And then the Punisher notices it happening. So he protects the mother and the daughter. And then he purposely wounds. So I know when we talked about this before, Ali, you were thinking like, was it you who was having trouble with him? Because you thought yeah, he was just going I to kill this guy. I thought he killed guy. the camo dude. No, he definitely, like rewatching it today, I was paying attention for that. He definitely like shoots him in the leg and then shoots him in the hip on purpose. You know, so he's crippled, I guess. <laughs> he can't, he's not dead. <laughs> Should have just gone for the, the leg. Yeah, so like then they run out, and then you get him just going into full on army mode, which is like door, 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 go, 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 go. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, they don't seem to have a plan at this point. It really bothers me. They hang out in the hallway, and then they don't seem to know what they're doing, and they're all like, "Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go?" And no one seems to know. And then the story saves them because a truck turns up <laughs> outside with the uh, I don't what what are they called the NFFA. Is that what they're called? Yeah, uh, yeah. What's that? So that's New Founding Fathers Army. Is that what it is? Oh, I assumed Association. Association, maybe. Oh, okay. I don't it know. could be Army. I could don't know. Army. Well, is the Army an Association? Then we can both be right. Hi. Lee sure. looks like he's on it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to Google it. Yeah, yeah. Good man. <laughs> so yeah, luckily the story turns up to save them from not knowing what they're going to do. And the Punisher sneaks out and overhears them saying that he's here. And then he says, it's really weird because you've got the big daddy guy who says, I want him for killing my people. And he wants the two women. But then, and then he says like, he says like, I want him dead. But then a few seconds later, he says, we have to take him alive. <laughs> and I only noticed that this time. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's very strange. I just want him. I don't care. Mm. Just uh, <laughs> get the Punisher. Did you get, is there any illumination for NFFA? Or Sorry, yeah. New Founding Fathers of America. Oh, okay. Ah. Okay. So they, but they creep out the back. He gets everyone over a fence. But then the Punisher gets left behind and while the army guys are like busting into the building. But then he does escape eventually over the fence and then gets knocked out by the ice cream gang. 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 <laughs> gang. Um, sorry, I was trying to think of another word for some reason. I was like, no, that sentence finished. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have to say. 
So um, what's the deal with this then? So we've got, I really do love how these guys look. Like they're the ones on the posters and on the front covers. They've got like, this, yeah, the sort of Day of the Dead masks on and face paint. But they, what's the deal with this? How do they find them again? Because he just says they're like, one of them just pulls off his mask and then says they got lucky finding them, basically. Yeah. It does bother me. Like, yeah, LA's a big it was very city. convenient. <laughs> yeah, but then, they, but then I do like they subvert it. So he says, oh, we're not purging. We're not going to kill you. We just need the money. So the deal with these guys is that they on Purge Night drive around picking up, I guess, I guess they must be given a list of these are the type of people that we want, suppose. And there must be like a bespoke list of this is what we're into this year. And they drive around and try and get that type of people. So I guess what they wanted this year was a mother and a daughter, uh, the Punisher person who's clearly going to kick some fucking ass. <laughs> Do we have anybody else? Is that it now? It's just these three, isn't it? No, it's still oh, of course. Liz and Shane. Yeah, yeah. and Liz right? and Shane. Hobbling Shane. We would need a wounded white yeah. male who's useless. Use- useless <laughs> couple. <laughs> it's a very weird, yeah, little uh, laundry sheet they've got. But yeah, they basically kidnap these people and then they take them to these rich people and sell them for this sort of entertainment thing that is happening on Perch Nights. And this is where I get excited. Me and Lee were watching this and I was like, I, I turned to more happy at this point because like, this is exactly what the film needed i feel at this point i've been kind of enjoying it on and off route but like i wanted something new and fresh and different and something that you know you didn't see coming so they're brought into the dark and they're they're on this this stage and lights go up and you see all these posh sort of tables with lots of stately rich people sitting at them and they're being auctioned off by this crazy old lady yeah sorry someone playing piano it gets very sexual she starts talking about a gun that she likes uh, but she says, first of all, yeah, sorry, before we get to the gun, she's talking about this is the last purge of the evening, so the entry price is $200,000. And then we get these different people, like these, these two sisters, we get some rich sons with fist bump at their first purge they're going to do. <laughs> and then, yeah, she starts talking about her favorite gun, which is a type of Mauser that has a very smooth discharge. <laughs> she really what do you again it's not like it's really sexual she slows down she's like rubbing it and, and she's like, removing really it very slowly it's really weird the, the great thing about that is it's not so far removed from some of the instagram videos you see with gun lovers and how they really fetishize their weapons it's like yeah it's pretty realistic <laughs> <laughs> just something yeah, about seeing a, like an old lady doing it though absolutely yeah kind of creepy <laughs> an old rich lady she does it so well um, yeah no she's great actually yeah so they all get auctioned off and then immediately just corralled into telling the purges to suit up um and then they go into this place called the hunting ground so essentially what they've done is they've got like a big warehouse half of it is for where they just hang out and dine and then do this auction and then the other half is kind of like a paintball like indoor paintball um, but where the purges it's kind of basically like they, they want to purge and they want a challenge but they don't want to have to go out on the streets where they'll probably end up dying so they get given guns and blades and whatever weapons they want and they get given these night vision glasses that look really stupid like all night vision glasses do. and then the people who are thrown in there who have been auctioned are given nothing and they're just thrown in in the dark basically so they're hugely uh, underpowered however like an unbalanced hunger games arena basically yeah which i do i completely believe this would happen like this totally makes sense and these are the things that i find fun and coming off the back of our romero podcast like these are the kind of you know the commentaries that you should get like the purge is rife to give you interesting commentaries on like okay how would the rich how would the poor how would all these different like perverse factions of people adapt what they can do on purge night you know 
it wouldn't just yeah. be hiding or going out it would be yeah this kind of weird weird way to utilize it yeah but what i didn't count on is having the punisher in there amongst them <laughs> <laughs> who immediately like he just he just goes off there and just fucking kills everyone pretty much straight away he like kills a couple of guys gets a gun and the glasses which yeah it's like a reoccurring theme with this guy's movies with the kid from the first one with his little glasses as well that controlled stuff oh yeah and then the two sisters come in with machetes and it's kind of hard to see what's going on here because it's very dark we don't yeah. have we don't have the glasses so <laughs> it's, it's you didn't watch this with night vision glasses no maybe you should have weird is it okay, him, but cool. is that, is that really awesome shot where he headbutts somebody and you get a point of view shot of him yeah i think it him. is yeah i think it is is that one of the girls <laughs> i think that's a cool idea you know like um when you have 3d films uh, mm. In Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare in the the sixth Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street film, you don't wear 3D glasses until a bit at the end of the film, where you have to put your 3D glasses on for the 3D bit of the film, and you know to do this because the lead character literally puts 3D glasses. Oh, on. amazing! <laughs> like not even like just glasses, and you're like, oh, maybe I should put my 3D. No, she puts 3D glasses on her face, oh, and they make up some bullshit sentence about, oh, I can only control my dreams with these 3D glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so they should totally do something like that, but with night vision glasses for a movie, it'd be really cool. If you could do it like you put on your night vision glasses and then you can see stuff and when you take them off, it's like dark and it's all horror-y. And yeah. That is you don't know what's project. going on, but you still have the audio. It'd be cool. It'd be really spooky. So yeah, he kills both of them, gets more night vision glasses and then comes back to his friends <laughs> going, I basically sorted it out, but here's some stuff I if you want to I got our gear. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he fires up at a bulletproof glass at a viewing gallery so all the rich people who are watching start freaking out. <laughs> they all like kill one more and then two more run out. So then they're just trying to figure out what to do when suddenly all the lights come on and then security men come in and the white girl's telling the white boy that she loves him and then he's just shot to pieces. I really <laughs> fucking love. Yeah. That was a surprising moment. It like really caught me off guard. Yeah. Like, oh, damn. <laughs> you need more like this. Like th this kind of movie, you need just like, oh, I was getting attached to that character and take him away. Yeah. Because it's literally just as that kind of tender moment starts, like bam, straight away. Yeah. There's no yeah, build exactly. to it. And you're slightly thinking, oh, God, here we go. Here's some yeah. cheesy dialogue about to happen. <laughs> it's not like he's dying slowly and she, like gets to hear her last words. He just no. dies immediately. That's cool. I liked it. And then she gets sort of traumatized. But then we hear <laughs> explosions going off. And then we get a Tannoy system thing saying use of, was it grade four weapons is prohibited. Uh, you will be uh, not penalized. What's the word? Um, what is it? When you're going to be killed basically for a crime executed well no it's not it's like i don't know whatever the judicial word is for you will be fucking up persecuted persecuted ah so not necessarily killed but you know well you know what I, mean. I was like is that the punishment i didn't catch it might that be. part it could i mean it's per tonight that's true well only on this i tell you what i'm glad we fucked it up because on this re-watching i was like hang on because this tannoy system comes out saying this and it's the official purge lady voice who, if they ever want to record new stuff, I don't know what they're going to do because she's probably not around for work. She must be. She must get great VO work after being the official purge <laughs> announcement. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking, hang on. So if someone uses a grade four or above weapon anywhere in the world, where, where's this sound going to magically come from? Of some omnipotent voice telling you, grade four weapons and above. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they have speakers set up it? around. Because in, in the first film, don't they, do we get 
I know we were talking about how we didn't have enough like shots of the streets or anything to see how this works. But I assumed that there were speakers set up around the streets so that even if you were outside, you got the alerts. Yeah, because that's the problem. America is so big. It's not like this is just happening in a city. This is happening in the entirety of America. Yeah, but each city has their own government officials. But so you're saying there is a tannoy system set up in every little town in Utah, in Arizona, in all of the woodlands throughout Pennsylvania. Like That's what I imagined. Fucking hell. That would be a hell of an administration. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so is the cleanup the day after the purge. That's true. That is true. It's a lot of ground to cover. All right, fine. I'll go with it. Well, so you can't be, what if you're one of those people, you know, like when you're driving through Utah and you just see those little clusters of three, you know, caravans or three little houses they've built themselves out in the desert? Do they, do they get any warning or do they have no idea? They should know better. <laughs> if you remove yourself <laughs> from society, then you fucking deserve it. Exactly. To be honest, if yeah. you want to purge them, you've got to go a long way. <laughs> so, so yeah, these explosives goes off, the town of voice system um, starts warning people, and then the bloody stranger returns from the first film. Hey. He still doesn't have a name in this film. Nope. But he's all kitted out, looking pretty cool. He's joined a rebellion, and he's brought with him the Beret Army, who are the activist army that we saw earlier. With the daughter watching on the laptop. And the leader's like, the leader's entry is just so ridiculous. He just like runs, he's like, fuck the birds, fuck everybody, <laughs> fuck you and your money. And he just got his beret on, looking really serious. And then they're like, hey, we're over here. And he just looks and goes, oh, hey guys. <laughs> uh, um, and he's like, change only comes when their blood spills. Which I feel is also maybe the mantra of the purge, isn't it? <laughs> like... Spill Change blood. only comes when their blood spills. I mean, I feel that both. I feel the new founding fathers would say the same. Believe thing. that as well. Yeah, that's true. That's how they're getting the unemployment rate down. There you go. So the white girl's all upset and says she she wants to purge. So the activist army says, "Don't worry, we'll take care of her." And then we never see her again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping she turns up at some point in a future episode because she's just gone. Yeah, that'd get- be cool. Anyone, because you still got the wife from the first one. She's still alive, potentially, as well. You'd get them all back. All of them back. We have a couple more films to watch. Yes, we do. Yeah, so then he starts screaming, get ready to bleed, rich bitches. This is our time now. <laughs> um, and then they just start shooting. Yeah, and this was a place I had a big problem, as I said to you guys when we did this before. But I have a huge problem with this, because they're screaming... Get ready to bleed rich bitches while he shoots the high-end hand of the rich people who presumably are blue-collar workers who are just doing their jobs. Trying to get money. Like, they're not rich people. It's like we, the example we gave before is when you go into, like, a really high-end shop and the, uh, the people behind the counter are really, like, snobby to you. It's like, you don't shop here. <laughs> like, you don't get to be snobby. Are you comparing the workers of Harrods to these hired guns? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm comparing the workers in Pretty Woman who are up and down Rodeo Drive uh. and treat her like dirt. And she's a human too, damn it. I've got no sympathy for these guys. They've made their choice. They've made their choice. They just saw a good opening, Purge Night, can work as hired hand. Seems like a pretty safe job. What else is going to happen there? Seems pretty good. And here they are getting killed while blamed for the things that their uh, employers have done. Seems but you unfair. have to know that taking any job that is not in a secure building on Purge Night, you're running the risk sure. of your life. Okay, to be fair, 
I don't feel sorry for them dying, but I do feel the uh, activists are aiming at the wrong. Like, if they really want to change things, these aren't the people you kill. Like, yeah, you go, you go to the government. Like, you're not these little parties that are happening and their security guards don't really matter. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to the government and sort shit out. So yeah, you so, tell them who to kill. Exactly. So the Punisher puts it, grabs uh, the hostess, the lady who was getting all sexual about her guns, and then they take her to the car. 45 minutes left to purge, and they get out of there with him saying, uh, yeah, he's going to still manage to get to where he needs to get to, basically, just before daybreak. So the Punisher explains when they get there to what looked like a slightly shocked mother and daughter, who apparently couldn't put any of this together, despite him keep saying <laughs> all this stuff to do with his son, so who's clearly not around. Your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> He explains the owner of the house killed his son. Big surprise. But the guy was drunk 12 months ago. So we would presume this was like just before Purge was about to happen or something. And the guy's like trying to get home maybe or something like that. While he's letting his fucking kid walk home from school. On Purge Day. Hours before Purge starts. Judgment on you, Frank Grillo. (laughs) You pick up your son on that day, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. But no, he didn't. And this guy was three times over the drinking limit. Again, like you said, I think last time, Ali, don't get drunk on Purge Day either when you're not at home. Uh-uh. Just the, it's the one day not of the a year good you idea. don't drink. Get home bef- like hours and hours before Purge starts. I don't even know that I would send my kids to school on Purge Day. I'd no, call them that. in sick. I'd leave the country for a week. Yeah, I would. A bolt. cabin in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know, you just, I don't know, anything. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of people at fault here, <laughs> from, <laughs> from the Punisher to the guy to to the kid as well. It's like just <laughs> refuse to go to school. Just pull a Ferris Bueller. Like, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, the guy's drunk. Uh, he run him over. And then you hate it when this happens. He got away with it on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> Say this no more. Part was well. That's what was confusing, which we mentioned last time. I like is the technicality that it was. Like almost purge, where they were like, oh, "Okay, we'll let it slide." It was a few hours away. No, I don't think so. Like, what I mean, is? That's not. I feel he'd make that point. I feel he would be really anti the purge if so, and he would be like, "Because it takes this movie for him to become anti the purge." Like by the end of it, he's anti. But then it's such a weird detail to go out of your way to include that it was exactly twelve, 12 months, months ago. ago. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be honest. I, I think it's, it's something that they clear. half thought through and they didn't really. You know, no one ever challenged the writer-director about it, so he never had to explain it. And they probably got yeah. to that day of shooting, and maybe Frank Grillo was like, hang on a second, what happened? Wait. He's like, look, we're here, Wait man, just shoot minute. it. Read your lines and shut up. Yeah, and then he says, two weeks ago, I came here and disabled his back barricade. <laughs> and apparently he never... <laughs> Stop it. And apparently... <laughs> Uh, apparently he never checks his back barricade <laughs> he just lets strangers roam Wait. around <laughs> uh, disabling it <laughs> and then never checks <laughs> I just want to see how far we can go with this to kill Lee oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the little sign outside that says parking in rear <laughs> stop stop <laughs> <laughs> Um, so also I'll tell you what all these people are stupid like this guy as well it's like check your fucking check your security systems on purge day yeah don't just go yeah it was alright last month 
was probably still <laughs> it fine. It worked last year. We're alive. So the daughter's trying to stop him. He shouts at her and goes into the house. Five minutes remaining. The guy and his family are sleeping while watching the Purge news. They've got it on in the background. That's not nice sleeping news to have on in the background. No. I don't I don't like regular news on in the background, but no matter news feeds of people <laughs> screaming and being shot. And, well, that's kind of regular news, isn't it? So he punches him in the face and then tells the wife to shut up because he isn't <laughs> there for the kids. or. <laughs> and then he goes to stab him, but we cut. But he does like, I tell you what, like he really fucking gives it his all. Like Frank Grillo, I don't think he's a great actor, but he really, he cares. Like he really tries. Yeah. He's screaming away. Just like, you do my boy, my boy, my boy, my boy, my boy. He's like, did you see his face? Did you see his face? Did you see his face? Like, yes, I saw his face. What did he look like? Aww. Tell me what he looked like. <laughs> he's really good. I mean, he's not Poor good. Guy. He's kind of terrible, but he's very heartfelt. Yeah. So yeah, we cut. So you said last time, and I presume you're going to feel the same way because you haven't watched it again. <laughs> you thought he was going to do it. Who are you talking to? Both of you, really. I think you both said that, didn't you? Or was it just you, Ali? I think it was once we see him come back outside, I assumed he was. I thought there were two options. One, the cheesy option being he changes his mind, doesn't kill him, listens to the advice of the mom and daughter. The second option being he's like, fuck that. This dude killed my son. I'm going to kill him. Kills him and then comes outside and gets killed immediately. Or gets killed by the dad he's trying to kill. Right. So I thought it was either a cheesy ending or he dies. See, I thought, yeah, I didn't think for a second he was going to kill him. The fact that they cut away there, I was like, yeah, definitely hasn't killed the guy. So then the CGI blockades come up, which I don't know how I didn't notice that the first time, but watching this time, I was like, oh my god, they're so CGI. They just shot a house and then CGI'd these like barricades that go up and down on it. <laughs> and they look really bad. And then he stumbles out, the house covered in blood, and then just gets shot straight away. And it's Big Daddy Guy from the minigun truck thing. Whatever it is. Um, who comes <laughs> over, calls him Sergeant. And I think the first time, last time we did this, I thought maybe they had had, they'd known each other from something before because Frank Grillo clearly seems to have had army training and stuff. But no, definitely not at this time. Like the dialogue is very much, we found out about who you are and your past and all this stuff and it wasn't hard to figure out where you were going. So this is, they don't know each other. He's just really pissed because at the beginning of the film, the Punisher killed a bunch of his men, basically. Yeah. And he says, an unwritten purge rule is you don't save lives. Unfortunately, the citizens aren't killing enough, so we have to cause balance. We can't have heroes. Um, yeah, really hammering, hammering that home. So yeah, this is his desire for revenge is what we presume is going to have killed him, which you think is going to be a nice poetic ending. Just on that, though, it makes you wonder what their quotas are for deaths, because it's <laughs> quite a lot of killing, and there's clearly not enough. So There's not enough. How many not people are trying to wipe out? To be fair, we're only seeing LA. Maybe, you know, maybe Chicago, everyone just stays at home and watches Frasier. <laughs> so then we get what could turn into a proper Mexican standoff, because you have uh, the sergeant guy, so not the sergeant, the um, big daddy sort of guy, whatever. Big daddy. Yeah, he just then gets killed by the person, the drunk guy who had killed the Punisher's son. So we get a nice little cycle there of he saved his life, so then he saves his life. And then, so then the army guys come over, and at the same time, the mother and the daughter comes over, so everyone's got these guns facing each other with the Punisher sort of bleeding out in between them in the middle. And this could go on a little bit longer and be a bit more tense, I feel, but immediately, as soon as they all join, 
the siren starts going off and it's the end of the purge which does raise the questions are you allowed to kill to the last siren rings yeah because they all stop as soon as they hear the first siren immediately and i feel that's like you're come on cram in as much as you can in these last 30 seconds yeah go 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 (laughs) go mental it also seemed did i thought he got shot in the heart like as soon as he walked outside i was like oh He's a goner. And you're shot in the hits. shoulders. Always in the shoulders in this in these films. It's how the but white it guy hit, did it. Like earlier. it hits that spot, and I was like, "Oh, I think you're forgetting." But then he keeps he keeps on kicking. He's the Punisher. Yeah, you can't put him down. I guess not. So yeah, then the mother suddenly wakes up and just starts screaming like a mental mental person. She's just like absolutely <laughs> just like, "Go like, oh, get him! You want him to fucking live? Get the fucking car! Go, go, go!" So I heard a daughter start like dragging him away, which I'm like, probably don't move him because he looks like he's going to bleed out very quickly. Yeah. While the drunk guy, he's not drunk now, just to be clear, the previously drunk person. 12 months ago, he was drunk. Yeah. He's been drunk at least once in his life. We know this. He goes to get his car to take him to hospital. And I love this. They like get into the, into the car and they're in this massive rush with the mother screaming. They all get in the back and he's in the front and he just turns around to them very relaxed and just goes, oh, the hospital's nearby, so it won't take too long. And the mother's like, just fucking drive. Just, we don't need to know that. Go there. <laughs> he's just like really chill. It's like, don't worry, I'll be cool. Should we uh, listen to music? <laughs> or uh... <laughs> I also this really whole useless. time can't help but wonder if this is the car he hit the sun in. Yes. Oh, that's fucked up. And it could be a beautiful moment as he like pulls into hospital to see the dent in the front of the car or something dark <laughs> like that. Just, oh God! I'm just <laughs> little what? tucks a of hair and bits moment? of blood from the sun. You know, what I just the mean. Hell, a, I just Al? no. I mean, a beautiful moment in cinematic terms, as in it would leave you actually feeling something. Instead, they pull into this hospital at the end. And they literally get out with the Punisher, hobbling him into hospital going, oh, everything's going to be okay now. Those are the actual words. It's like, he might still die. And yeah. a lot she, of people she still She looks did. across to him and says, oh, it's over. And it's like, he's nearly dead. Yeah. Like, like, it might <laughs> well be nearly over for him. Is his life over? Yeah. So no, I feel like that could be a good cinematic moment. Is then like, yeah, getting to see, oh shit, like just remind, remind like, it could be during the end credits. You just like pan down and see that on the car or something. And I want more of this guy who he went to kill and then didn't kill to see like, because he's just not really given much and I'm interested in him. But yeah, and can you fucking imagine how these hospitals are? Like we hear the sirens here as we're going into the end credits, but like, holy shit. How many people are being taken to hospital stay off the purge? That's... And they have, like the nurses and doctors have to spend the night there. You reckon? Right. They're just like protected. It's Because if they open right as... They're not protected. At 7 a.m. when the purge ends. That's a good point. And they're not going to want to be driving to so work have safe, while safe the last 15 minutes of the purge happening. That's interesting. Well, do you reckon you only start... It'll affect all of your, um, all your hiring decisions because maybe you only start hiring people who live within a one-mile parameter of your hospital so they can get there quick. To get the there fast. These... But then you need to get to work early to prepare for the day. Health insurance Especially premiums. knowing you'll get a lot of people. <laughs> Health insurance premiums. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> There's so much that this would open up. So much interesting stuff they could be talking about here. Yeah, I got you. But yeah, that's it. The end, end credits, we get some nightmarish music, which I know upset at you, Ali. I kind of <laughs> like it because it's so horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was not very good. I saw where they were trying to go with it and it just, it didn't work out it's for like me. It's like bad Nine Inch Nails. 
Yeah, and we get a whole bunch of video feeds again, which include a bit of video feeds from the first film in there as well, as we see all this different CCTV stuff that's going on. And yeah, it does end with the title card saying, you know, one year left basically till the next purge. Keep us in our annual horror cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That was the purge anarchy. Well, and guys, we got through it again. <laughs> no one even noticed if I had it better the said, second time. It was much Ow. better the last time, which I think is just something we have to say. So if anyone didn't like the rest of this podcast, we could, well, we already did it. It's such a good job. You should have heard the first one. It would have, uh, the awards we would have won, but sadly <laughs> lost. So, hang on, did I have any more? I'm trying to remember if I had any facts about this, but I don't think so. There wasn't much to talk about with this film. And there aren't many facts out there, to be honest. We did talk about what we wanted the next one to be like. Do you guys remember any of your, your ideas for that stuff or what you're hoping for? I do. Okay. And so I have developed them further. Oh, my goodness. In that case, <laughs> let's start with Lee. Lee, <laughs> how did you feel about the Purge Anarchy? What do you want from another Purge film? Mine are clearly going to be less fully formed than Ali's. Um, I enjoyed it. It's not a horror film. It's just a bit of a, a kind of a fun action film high concept action film. I, what I want from the next one is something which we've mentioned probably quite a few times during this podcast is I want, I want to see all the, all the fringe stuff. I want to see how the purge affects life generally and how it affects politics and how it affects just how, you know, the country's run and what impact it has on people. And not just, just be kind of a throwaway action film, which I feel like this was, but there we go. Right. Okay, so did you, I mean, we'll get to it in our wrap-up when we put stuff in order, but are you, mm. I know you're feeling like clearly this is a slightly different genre from the first film, but did you enjoy it in a different way, or do you, did you just not enjoy it as much as the first one? Or? I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed it just because it's, um, it's kind of a fun ride, and I think if you disengage brain a little bit and just enjoy that for what it is, then yeah, it's good fun. But I just, I, I really feel like they've wasted the concept again. That this mm. is an amazing yeah. idea, and they, they've not taken it places that you really want them to and there's so many points in the film where you want them to diverge and do something a bit intelligent with it and they they don't and and just sort of thinking about it over the past few days like it's just some of the dialogue like let your characters talk like normal people please and act like normal people <laughs> would in these situations <laughs> but um, yeah yeah it's it's a it's a, it is a fun film it's a fun film all right ali yeah i agree with a lot of the things you said lee i what i do like is i think this film does do a lot more than the first one we saw. Mm -hmm. I think most of the sides of like this crazy world that we all mentioned wanting to see in the last one, we see a lot of in this film, which is a lot of fun to watch. The scenarios that we see kind of throughout the film of like the different opportunities that you have during this holiday that the people like in the higher class are taking advantage of. It's like super dark and crazy and clever. And of course they would exist in this because as like as fucked up as it is, we are kind of involved in this world when we're watching these movies. And I think that it's pretty realistic that that would have already been created. Um, in terms of what I didn't like, I thought the acting was pretty weak. I really didn't buy Callie at all. I thought the sergeant was like way too over the top, which is just not my style. And I get it. He's the Punisher. Not familiar. It bothered me. <laughs> I thought the mom was fine during the majority of the film. She's nothing extraordinary. I really did not like her at all in the scene after the sergeant is shot where she's like screaming and shaking oh, Callie's terrible. face. 
It's terrible. <laughs> it's really bad. She's really like the same thing with the sergeant when he's facing the father that killed his son. Really giving it their all just totally misses the mark for me. So I do think that I because of like how much fun they had with the script and with the ideas they put into it. I think I do like this one more than the first one. Not by a landslide at all, but I do like seeing a larger piece of the world that this holiday exists in. For where I'd like it to go next, I still feel the same way as what I said in our previous recording, which was, and this is ignoring the fact that I know that the next one is called election year, so we can kind of see where that's going. But ignoring that, I think a more comedic Purge film would be a lot of fun. And so... When I say I have developed them further, I mean I have come up with two examples that I think have, <laughs> have good directions comedy? that they could go in. So the first one is I think it could be something like Get Out, which I mentioned in the last podcast mm. that I was having a hard time not comparing the two. And the second option is something like Shaun of the Dead. Just like <laughs> total dumb fun. Yeah. Because I think that world could exist here as well. But because I think the concept of this film is so cool and has a lot of opportunity. I think it would fit in better with Get Out. And so if they could strike the same balance that they do with comedy, horror, and their political commentary, I think it could be really, really strong. And it's just, it's like these two films that we've seen so far are trying to hit that and it's just not making it for me. So I think it'd be fun if they got some of their their team to work on the next one or one of the future ones and walked that line yeah yeah that makes yeah i hadn't even thought about it that way but i'm just imagining it now <laughs> it makes perfect sense you could totally see a short of the dead film but set in one of these cities where it's like this yeah it'd be funny yeah i i think the biggest problem with these films is james de monaco like i think he came up with such a great idea which we haven't mentioned it up until now because i'd known a bit about it but then so okay again full disclosure with stuff there is another podcast series that's come right now by a group called Now Playing who are also covering The Purge. And we don't normally like to do stuff at the same time as any big podcasts out there. But we had planned this and shared the list and we thought, you know what, fuck it, we'll just do what we're doing because we do our own thing. Not listening to their one, so I have no idea how they're covering it. I'm sure, it's wildly better than ours, but hey. <laughs> uh, they don't record them twice and then tell you that they've done that. So <laughs> at least you get personality and truth. Honesty. However... I did notice on their feed, because I do get a feed, that they've been covering the assault on Precinct 13 films before they went to The Purge. And I'd noticed this director, because he used to be a writer, he'd wrote, and we talked about him last episode, um, he had written The Negotiator, but he also wrote The Assault on Precinct 13 remake. And once I noticed that and thought about it more with this movie, it does all make perfect sense. Because Assault on Precinct 13, yeah, is a siege movie, much like the first Purge movie. And even and even has the same setup to do with it's essentially to do with someone is wounded and is being chased by a gang and hides in this police station and they don't know anything about this person and they try and protect them and then the gang's trying to get him for the rest of the movie like it's literally the same as the first Purge movie and then because Saul and Precinct Thirteen the original film is a John Carpenter movie and John Carpenter did you know Escape from New York and Escape from L.A which are the films that this film is 100% like. Like, this is just like Escape from New York. Only Escape from New York plays it for comedy as well, whereas this film doesn't. This film is an action film, like you're saying, Lee, and I agree with you. It's a weird, slight genre step here. There are a few horror moments in there, but it is more of an action film than a horror film. 
Yeah. And I don't really like action films that much. Like for the most part for me, action films are about strong people being strong, which I don't find very interesting. Whereas horror films are normally about people who perceivably seem weak learning how to be strong. And I like that a lot more. Mm. And so I shouldn't like this film, but I really do. Like I really like Anarchy. <laughs> I think it's I think it's like it's phenomenally better made than the first one, which I don't understand because it's the same DP and the same director and it's in such a short it's like it's like the next year. I don't understand how they learned this much in one year, but I think it's so much better made. And it's just a lot more fun. And with this kind of movie, yeah, I need to be either be scared or thinking or having fun. It does actually make me think a little bit, but again, I think it's just from the idea. I don't think it's anything to do with the writing. I think the writing's pretty bad. But I do have points where I feel kind of sick. Even in bad bits of this movie, there are moments where I kind of think about the reality of, yeah, I could actually imagine people doing this and just like the depths people might go to. And it makes me feel kind of sick. And I just, I don't know, like I'm Frank Grillo. Yeah, he's not great, but again, it's just kind of fun and it moves at a good pace and there's some unexpected things happen in here. I mean, it feels like a little pick and mix of flavors, you know? There's a whole bunch of like, there's a lot of scenes here and they had a lot more money. And I think they used it in a wise, in a kind of a smart way. Like he kind of went with, let's get a lot outside. Um, let's really make you feel like you're in the city and have a lot of different sort of gangs and different sort of weird little, little set pieces that never really get as big as you might hope they're going to. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Like it's, it's a stupid movie. I think the first film has the potential to be much, much better. But I just don't think they pulled it off as well as they should have. And like you guys, I'm much more interested in the other stuff they could be doing with this. But I'm fine with it as long as every movie keeps feeling different. Like I'm fine with it as long as I could always be like, this is a series where you could do anything with it and put it in any part of America and then have it spread to other parts of the world. And like, there's so yeah. much you could do with it. It'll be, it's awesome. You can make huge epics. You can make tiny little, you know, set in one room that I just wanted to keep being brave. What I'm worried about, I know that the next week it's the same writer director again. And I, I just want to see new blood. Like he came up with a great idea. Cool. Let's have a different director each film. That's what I would like. That'd be cool. Yeah. So you're getting a new perspective every time. But I mean, that's what I want next. I know we talked about it. Yeah, when we recorded this before. I'm sure people aren't bored of hearing that sentence yet. <laughs> but I really, really, really want... We gradually came up with it. Now it's just an idea that we have, but we came up with it during that podcast. I want a road trip movie where they're using the time zones in America to prolong like the purge as much as they can. And, like, ha- and have some sort of... I don't know what it'd be. We'd need like a plot device where it's contingent on the night being longer or something because they have to like kill something like kill somebody or something i don't know i think there's something cool you could do with playing have with some sort zones. of quota or something that yeah there's something cool they could do with it i'm gonna keep thinking about it till we get to a wrap-up see if we can like expand it but like because <laughs> yeah what do people do if you live on the border could you just like uh, someone's about to kill you and then you take a step to your left and you're like oh no different time zone it's already t- it's already past seven <laughs> well, but if you're <laughs> you doing the kill killing me. and you're in the time zone that's still active no but that's what i'm saying if someone's trying to kill you are you able to still and then you like just step into the time zone that's an hour later. So yeah. then technically you're fine. They can't kill you. You got like an invisible oh, But I would wall. imagine that the person doing the killing, if they would be the one who was being tried or whatever, they could argue I was in a time zone that it was allowed to kill people. But that's not, well, okay. I'm presuming they're using a blade or something, not a gun. Sure, if you're using a gun. Ah. But yeah, that's another good point. And if someone's standing in one time zone and the other person's got a gun. Who has... The right of way. Yeah. <laughs> All stuff. I hope they just get basically into the, uh, the jurisdiction of <laughs> the bureaucracy of the purge. That's what I want to see next. <laughs> just people in a room talking over, oh, fuck. All right. Well, what happens if we do this? What about this rule? I want to see an episode of the West Wing, but set in the purge times. 
We've got a TV show coming up, haven't we? So so. We do. So maybe they will explore those kinds of issues. I don't think they will, (laughs) but they might. Yeah, we have a TV show. We have not just another film that we do next week, but this is all leading up to the first Purge, which won't be directed by the same guy, but he did write it still, I've noticed. Ah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because he's busy doing the TV show at the moment, which is, yeah, starring Fiona Dourif, who was just casting it recently, who is our friend from the Child's Play podcast, which you can go and listen to me and Ali uh, discuss at length. Just you and me, I think. Mm -hmm. No one else was involved in that. No. Yeah, so there you go. That was a purge. Anarchy. Uh, again, it gets 6.5 out of 10 on the IMDb, so it gets a higher rating on the IMDb than the original one. And I think I feel the same way. I think it's a better film. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to us. Sorry about the weird glitchy thing, but hey, shit happens. Don't, don't call me a weird glitchy thing. <laughs> I can't. Look, <laughs> cool. it just keeps turning up. We don't know what to do about it. <laughs> Are you growing a moustache at the moment? Is that what's that what happening? I just haven't been asked to shave for the past three days, so yeah. Ooh. So yes, basically. P- porn star Tash. Yeah. That's what that's what men say when they're growing like beards or moustache. Oh yeah, I just couldn't be bothered. <laughs> just you know, just keeps growing out of me. <laughs> just... <laughs> I've worked really hard for this, you know. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, please do support us. We do all this for free. We're not gonna. I actually get. I said on um a regular show podcast this week, uh, which we do have one up. Which never happens. On episode 97, we just did a big E3 review and I reviewed a bit of Jurassic World 2. Uh, but so I get emails now with people telling us how we can monetize our podcasts and how they want to help us monetize them. And we're not doing it. Yeah, and I keep ignoring them and deleting those emails. Al doesn't like money. Don't like money. Because we made a promise in episode one. Money. If you go back to episode one, you hear us made a promise of no adverts, uh, no sponsorship, none of that stuff. We're doing this because we're crazy and we like talking about movies and stuff. So please the only way the only way that you can support us is going onto itunes and subscribing or into your podcast app and subscribing and rating us because that's the only way people find out about us is if you rate us it promotes us more and that really really helps us out uh, so yeah please please do you can head on over to weirdgeeks.com weirdgeeks.com and that's where you can go out to our social medias and you can go to all of our podcasts and our previous ones like child's play texas chainsaw massacre nightmare on elm street friday the 13th invasion of body snatchers hellraiser and other things then if i'm forgetting star wars danny boyle Fucking hell, it's a lot of podcasts. And our regular <laughs> show that goes up whenever we feel like it. Sometimes every week, sometimes once a month. That's just called Geeks, and that's a topical show about video games and movies. And next week, this week we're talking about E3. Next week we're going to be talking about more personal projects and stuff that we're doing. So you can hear about our personal lives, because we're a production company called We Are Tessellate, run out of London, LA, and Tokyo, making feature films, short films, music videos, uh, some web content. We're going to be making some video game apps in the future, some albums, Things like that. We have our first feature film called Starfish, which is about to be finished. And we're going to be talking about that next week on a regular podcast. And we're going to have a new Starfish Diaries coming out. Depending when you listen to this, listen to this. That will be up at some point in August. OG crew? Um, it's actually going to be, because we're doing a separate thing. Actually, I'm I guess at- it's been multiple people. It I has. guess the first episode was you, me, and Nate. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to get you, me, and Nate for sure. Well, if Nate agrees, I've already sent him a message to ask. This is probably not the place to talk about this, <laughs> but we're going to see. Let's have a meeting. <laughs> I want to do like an hour long proper thing where we get to talk very honestly about it while not getting us in trouble, which is a fine line to walk, but we're going to do the best we can. So we can talk about the troubles of making your first independent feature film. What else can you do? I'm on all the social medias as Mr. Al M-R-A-L-W-H-I-T-E, and also on the Xbox where you can play some, maybe some PUBG with me, definitely some Friday the 13th. I'll play some Super Bomberman R because I'll tell you what, no one's fucking playing that game online. Tell you what, Lee. Play it on Switch with me. 
well, no, because there's no <laughs> online functionality. No. No. Why would I do that? Is there online? Well, on, not online, uh, Bomberman on Switch. Yeah, on Switch. Oh, is there? Yeah. Of course there is. It's Nintendo. There's no of course there is with anything online. <laughs> That's very true. Sorry. Lee, where can people... You can find me on Twitter, Lee Comley ITV. You can find me on Instagram, uh, which is Lee Comley. And I've just started playing Fortnite. So if you want to add me as an epic friend, it's Limo-UK. And I'm rubbish at, I'm rubbish at it. So please come and help me be better. Can we just build little houses and hide in them? <laughs> That's why I can't build. <laughs> I can't right, I'll build. play with you. And what, what, no, you're playing on Switch, aren't you? So God damn it. I'm playing on Switch. But yeah, if you could build the house for me and I will hide and shoot people, then I'm happy. That sounds like a great partnership. Yes. Ali? I am not in the video game world. Very sorry. But you can find yeah. me on Instagram as Ali Sue. Excellent. Thank That's you. Sean and Sweet. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm actually really excited about next week. I'm starting to get into this series. We'll see where it goes when we deal with the Purge election year. Um, that was originally called something very different up until post-production, but we'll talk about that oh. next Friday. Until then, we're okay. out. Geeky Geeks. Bye. Bye.